Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. What happens when you throw all of the storylines and performers from WWE into the ring at the same time and let them duke it out? You get something akin to sports entertainment in the blender set to high, along with a few surprises on the side. What with all the upheaval from 2022 and the new season of upheaval happening right now, we figured this was a good time to sneak in one more pay-per-view review before somebody lights a match in this bust this place out for sale. So your humble idiotic hosts are here to run down all the happenings in San Antonio this past Saturday in this episode 123, the Royal Rumble Review. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who to this day claims he had the idea for the Royal Rumble a good week before Pat Patterson did 35 years ago, but Vince McMahon wouldn't take his call because, well, he was 12. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and has never been tossed over the top rope. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. I, I tried to reach out to Vincent Kennedy McMahon, but he would not take my call. I mean, in his defense, he was probably climbing out of a pile of cocaine the size of a... <laughs> small house <laughs> scarface style or something is that what you're saying and eating a power bar at the same time i mean we just uh, know these things <laughs> grumbling draw you know, me money i would i would worry about vince suing me but right now i think he's got enough things going on in his life that we can slide that one under the radar uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. so how are you doing sir I am well. I am well, and uh, I know and, you've and just come you? from having you've just come from having a lovely dinner, as always. I, living, I, I mean, did. You, you are the real life million dollar man, just like that's, driving in limousines, eating at five star restaurants. What a life! That's true. What a life that's you live. True. Uh, it, it it is. We uh, my uh, my wife and I brought our youngest back to school this weekend, so we're once again empty nesters. We decided to go grab a, a bite to eat tonight, and uh, I had myself a nice appetizer uh, of uh, crispy pork belly, and then I uh, had myself a, a, a burger with a sunny side egg on top, bacon, bacon jam, a little provolone cheese in there, a little creamy slaw, and uh, oh, it was just mwah, chef's kiss, good stuff. Yep, and once again, just Hellman's mayonnaise running to this guy's <laughs> veins. Just bare, heart barely beating. That's why it's so healthy. It's like once per hour. I have had several doctor appointments this month. Uh, this is like December and January are kind of my months for for kind of getting all the health stuff, you know, the follow-ups, the checkups and things. And um and so uh, I've, I've had my heart listened to by, by three different doctors who all said, sounding perfect, sounding good working order, and uh, clean bill of health. So, Well, I mean, I do make jokes, but at the same time, I mean, your days without incident is approaching like the Roman Reigns-esque level of title reign. So this is I, true. I, I this can't is true. say too much. I need to have I'm my probably going to be in the hospital. Man. 
I need to have my own wise man walking around, hold, hold you know, hold, holding up the number of, uh, you know, since the last incident. So, well, I'll tell you what, I'll start calling you Shmooley and we'll just call it even. <laughs> How about that? Shmooley, the chair's over here. <laughs> we'll when get to did, that later. When did, when did Paul Heyman just decide to go full on fiddler on the roof? Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to come out on Raw. Be like, if I was a rich man. Exactly. And you know what? It would be fantastic. I would actually. You know what? Put that on pay per view next time. I want to see a one man. I want to see a one man rendition of Fiddler on the Roof with Paul Heyman playing all the parts. Paul Heyman. It would be fantastic. Full on Yiddish. There it is. Oh, oh my gosh! I never knew I wanted something so bad, and now. It doesn't exist, and I will just weep. And you, sir, how how are you? You've uh, you you well, having your own little uh, Royal Rumble this week, <laughs> in a way. Three years of ducking, bobbing, and weaving, and Big Rona finally caught me with a straight right to the head. Oh, damn it! I thought I was I thought I was going to be the last man standing in this, but nope, no, nope. didn't happen that way. Uh, yep, came back with a positive COVID test last week, and uh, I was. I was down for the count for a couple of days mm-hmm. before I tested positive, just feeling like crap and thinking, ah, oh, no, this is just normal. No, it wasn't. But oh, oh well, uh, I'm on the mend now nice. and uh, recovered su- in a sufficient time to uh, partake in the Royal Rumble. So all is good. All is good. And, and the family, nice. we, we seem to have this way. So my wife and my daughter tested positive for COVID last year. Mm. And somehow in like a 1200 square foot house that we were renting with like no separation, no possible way to isolate or separate Yeah, uh, one bathroom, like the whole deal, like there was no way to do this unless it was like a couple of buckets and I was sliding like toast under the door. That was the only way <laughs> that we were going to be able to isolate. <laughs> um, and if you knew my wife and daughter, you know, uh... that ain't going to happen. So uh, <laughs> in a 1200 square foot house, all sharing the same air, like in the middle of winter too, when you can't even like open for yeah. ventilation yeah i somehow managed to get through both of them being sick for you know really sick for a few days mm. and then my my wife being sick for like a month or so afterwards Jeez. i managed to make it through without a positive covid test wow no symptoms nothing um and so far in the camel clutch weren't you uh yeah and so far uh, right now uh knock on wood uh my wife and daughter are both feeling great um <laughs> in spite of them being like completely exposed <laughs> to ah, this geez. before I knew what was going on. Yeah. And uh so maybe we have this thing in our family where it's like, eh, we just, you know, we'll catch we catch the Rona from others, but apparently between ourselves we don't catch it. I don't I don't know how that works. Yeah. But hey, I'll I'll take it. That is the best if if you gotta choose a way to go, at least, you know, don't make the people around you sick if you can if you can uh avoid it. Right. Right. <clears throat> but I, I probably will cough a couple of times because I'm still dealing with a few things however uh thankfully i have some minor case rye to uh help uh medicate that there you go better than robitussin very nice gotta have the tussin that that tussin in there gotta get the tussin you run out of tussin put some water in the bottle shake it up more tussin (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's a great bit. That's a great I should have done that with a NyQuil that I had because I could probably use some tonight. I, I oh, threw the bottle away gosh. stupidly. I might be I might be pawing through my through my recycling like a raccoon at like ten thirty <laughs> tonight when we're done recording, looking for that NyQuil bottle. Your, your wife's gonna come downstairs with a flashlight, flash it, and just get that like you know that that raccoon eye reflection look. Like and you go scurrying off to some corner, swinging at me like with a broom. Get away! <laughs> well, I mean, you I know, can see it. I can that's see how you it. keep marriage interesting, ladies and gentlemen. A little role play, you know, it's the, not, not really the kind that you think about, but hey, you know, everybody has their own thing. That's all I'm saying. Everybody has their own. Where the hell are we going with this I don't episode? Know. You brought up the raccoon thing and then we just ran with it. So, all right. Well, anyways, uh, so you're doing well. I'm recovering from Rona. Let's get to the weekend geeks. So, what do we got here? All right. <laughs> The week is geek. Feels so funky. <laughs> oh my goodness, dear Lord. Yeah, yeah, that that turned a corner, didn't it? All the, right. only, the only people happy with us are right now are the furries. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, I got no problem. I, you know, whatever you want to do, I'm just oh, saying. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, first, uh, teed up. <laughs> Uh, this this was a story we uh, we had to cut from last week's episode because we had, uh, of course, the the Vincent Kennedy McMahon debacle to go through. But uh, this was something from uh, I, I came across on FandomWire.com. Uh, some uh, you know concept art for Avengers: Secret Wars featuring uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man facing Jonathan Majors Kang. Uh, just was bringing this up. You know, it's not saying it's going to happen. It's just saying you know there there's some there's some concept art around the film uh this article is really just kind of posing the question um you, you, is this something that you as a fan would be uh you know looking for looking forward to or wanting to see um and uh you, you know we see this a lot there there's there's concept art that comes out that you know doesn't ever really materialize you know when they actually film the movie it's it's you know again in in the name concept but well uh, I, I let me just stop you here because yes. on this is one of the rare occasions that i had a little extra time before we start recording so i actually looked at a couple of these links uh, <laughs> this is a, it's fan art it's not concept art from the oh, film it's, it's fan okay. art. all right that's interesting yeah, so oh, it's okay. not anything from like officially from Marvel. Okay, it's just fan art, and and of course, then people are like, oh my gosh, this is so. Okay, I see. Well, then let us address it from the question, uh, which I will put before Uncle Todd. Uh, would you the idea of this, the 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 uh, idea of this fan based art? Uh, do you want to see? A Robert Downey Jr. come back kind of toward the end of Phase Five in Secret Wars, or uh, you know, to help face off against King, or would you prefer uh, that he stay kind of retired? We've uh, you know we've we've seen enough of of his Tony Stark. Well, Shmuley, uh, I'll I'll put it out to you like this: um, neither. Yes, my um, tribal chief. Yes, <laughs> yes, my tribal chief. <laughs> Oh my gosh, he was he was going so over the top. They he knew that they were they were had more mics outside the ring. Ladies and, he and was gentlemen, Paul Heyman was a revelation for leather. Night. Oh my god, <laughs> he was he was like in fifth gear. It was oh. amazing. Um, but uh, I, no, I I don't want to see him come back because I don't think that there's. Uh, 
a great I think it I don't want to say that because I I I loved his Tony Stark. I feel like I'm talking about his Hamlet. Oh, he was a his Hamlet was the talk of the town. Um I thought he was great as Iron Man, carried the 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 MCU on his shoulders and obviously right now they're still having trouble finding their footing without him. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. Um I don't think they could find a way that really makes that much sense. If they did find a good way, then I would be open to it. But honestly, I would, re- and it's not like I wanted to see him retired either. I would, I would, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I would love for them to bring him back voice only mm. for Ironheart's uh, AI. Yes. Because it's, it ties into the comics. I think it would be great. I think it'd be a way that, you know, he could help elevate that character even more than i think it already is because i think people are already pretty excited about uh about riri mm-hmm. so i think that's the one way that it would really take that character up over the top and could really i i don't know i just think there could be a really interesting interaction there um and it might even bring up the chance opportunity for you know a hologram of tony you know as the AI talking with her and stuff like that, you can yeah. even do something like that. If you really want to tug the heartstrings, I think that's much more likely and a much more explainable in a way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think it's going to happen that he'll come back. Cause he's already said that he's kind of done unless they yeah. come up with like a one in a billion opportunity, which I don't know that they even want to do that. Yeah. You, you, you've got to move on from it. And we've, we, we've talked about this before. I think, the the arc the, the infinity saga arc is is just a phenomenal piece of storytelling it it was well done and you know you you don't want to disrupt or ruin the the balance and the symmetry that that was you know kind of laid out across those 10 years when you go from iron man all the way through to to end game and you know we we we've talked about this ad nauseum there there were stories that were uh, you know, story arcs told between him and Captain America, you know, with him and, and his struggle with, you know, this, this universal threat that he was trying to prepare for. And it just feels out of place to just kind of drop him into this, this whole Kang situation that's about to start with Ant-Man and Quantumania, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, as, as much as I, I think there are some fans who, who would love to, uh, as we will get into with with our with our main event topic here, as much as there are fans that want to see, you know, kind of the 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 old guard come back, uh, you got to start making room for the young bucks and the new you know, you know the new faces and the new characters, and and you got to let them stand on their own and and develop their stories. And so, um, so I'm 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 as as you just said, I'm I'm leaning a bit more toward uh, thank you, but no, yes. Yep. Much like we talked about with Tom Brady. Yes. Why are you going to you, you're you've already gone through the process of of getting past and finding yourself afterwards. Why are you going to go back and then st- have to start that project all over again? Yeah. And it might not even work as well as you think it will. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, it's not a given. I, I could see them doing something where because they're getting into the multiverse <clears throat> and different, you know, fractured universes and stuff that they could do some maybe comedy bits where you have kind of a, a, you know, just a very offbeat sort of Tony Stark from what we're used to just pop in there, but, but not the one we've, we know being a part of the actual serious, you know, kind of battle yeah. that, that's going to take place with Kang. It, it, and if you do that, then you, you risk diminishing yeah. you know, 
his final moment, which I, I think is what, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is is kind of really leaning at. Like, I don't he 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 had this moment. Like, why do you want to ruin that? Yeah, and it would have to be really special and, and and logical, but also not diminish that moment. That's a that is like literally a one in a billion scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Ain't well, happening. Ain't happening. Next. Moving right along. Uh, we have a little bit of, uh, you know, we're probably going to start seeing some some media, some uh, rumors, some, you know, some some news uh, coming up uh, with the upcoming season three of Picard. Oh, boy. And this one here, uh, you know, I really haven't been, been reading a whole lot about what's to come. I know, you know, the, the Next Generation cast is going to have uh, a much more prominent role uh than they have had in i mean i wouldn't even say season two mostly season one you know we saw Riker, we saw troy Mm -hmm. um and 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 of course data but this one uh is this article on cbr.com is focused on uh gates mcfadden who played dr beverly crusher Mm -hmm. and uh specifically uh her addressing her character not being or not being a part of being absent from Starfleet heading into uh, Picard season three. Um, and so uh, she said uh, in, in this article, uh, her, her quotation is, uh, you know, this is a different, uh, she says to me, what was really different in this iteration is that you just saw that, um, you know, the characters had aged in particular Crusher hadn't been in Starfleet, like the others had stayed in Starfleet much longer. Um, you know, she's had to become a warrior in a different way. She's been exploring places that had not been explored and plants that didn't have medical help. So to her, that was fascinating and and she likes that kind of action she's always loved that and loved the fact that she gets to start the whole third season you know it's 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 kind of a different different start or or different thread for her character than than what we you know might have been used to uh seeing her doing you know based on her work uh on the original star next generation series uh as well as the movies so so yeah i'm kind of a you know for for me i'm kind of interested in this like and and, and i enjoy the fact that you know coming uh, back into the, the world of getting, you know, that the cast back together, we've already kind of seen it in the trailer, you know, Worf seems to be this, 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 you know, peaceful hippie now or something like that. So, and, and Crusher, it's almost like a, it's almost like major league two where Serrano turns into like the Zen kind of guy. Yes. Yes. And, and, and apparently we have, we have Beverly Crusher who is, uh, you know, still, you know, gallivanting the galaxy, but, but, you know, bringing her brand of, uh, you know, uh, first aid, uh, or, or, or Red Cross, let's, let's call it sort of, uh, approach to, um, you know, helping other, uh, races and other, um, you know, other planets. And so, uh, so. I thought this was kind of interesting, you know, I haven't, like I said, I really haven't seen a whole lot um, and I'm trying to kind of stay away from it. I'd like to just kind of be surprised going into, I don't want to have too many details, but, um, but thought it was kind of interesting for her character to be kind of disassociated from Starfleet, um, be off in kind of her own, you know, journey. And then, you know, just seeing how she's pulled back in based on, on what's going on, um, you know, with, with the storyline in this. Um, So, yeah. So uh, your thoughts on this, sir. First of all, I just want to make sure I get credit for being the first person I believe to ever compare Pedro Serrano and Lieutenant Worf. I just want to make sure I'm on record and clarify Duly noted. Duly noted. I love the idea. I, I, I think it's it's one of those ideas that it should exist 
in this world. It makes sense to have like, and and to me, it's it's either like you said, like a, a Red Cross sort of situation, or like a Doctors Without Borders sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, like that sort of deal. Like, and it makes sense. It totally makes sense. And this is one of the reasons why I think um, that the like Star Trek Discovery um, have have done, and uh, you know, Strange New Worlds have been really cool because it does inter- it does involve some of those aspects outside of Starfleet. We don't just see the Starfleet perspective and I like mm. the fact that that's being involved there. That being said, my hopes are not high for season 3. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. based on season 2. We'll see. I'm I'm glad that uh that, that Beverly Crusher is back. Um had a huge gr- crush on uh Dr. Crusher when mm-hmm. uh, Next Generation came out. Um and always thought she was a great character and especially had some some of those moments where it were a bit more um, standing up to Picard that I thought were great. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have her back. And I, I think this is a cool um, a cool story point and story point for her character's kind of background of like where she's been between, you know, the next generation movies and now. Uh-huh. I would agree. I all would in. Agree. All right. All, all- Character, not season three. I just want to say I'm all, all into the character development, not season three. I want to specify that for the uh, I thought I thought we were getting Uncle Todd being a little more optimistic about that. Much Picard like you calling three. things left, right, and center after you got start dug into that bottle of rare breed last night. I'm two, I'm putting things on the record tonight. That's my deal, which we'll get into in a little bit. Oh, here. you were I calling a whole two, bunch of things. I'm pretty two. sure that you also said, you know, I know where Jimmy Hoffa's buried. I'm calling it. It's you know. Oh, Exit 23 point. off of the Jersey Turnpike. Ah, oh, boy. All then right. again, maybe, maybe I had a couple of extra Blondales that I don't remember. Mr. Crasher, <laughs> make it so. All right. Shut up, Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. All right. Uh, from Star Trek, we circle back around to Marvel because, hey, let's face it, with uh, – Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania coming up soon here. Uh, there's a, and Loki season two, which is what we'll be discussing here from comicbookmovie.com. Uh, there yes. is a bit of a potential spoiler, potential rumor here uh, around uh, in Loki season two, uh, a potential variant of Kang that we will uh, be introduced to. It seems from things I'm reading here that um, this may be part of what gets you know played out in phase five. Here is uh, you know the meeting of these variants and and you know these different you know personalities or or versions of Kang. Uh, in this case, for Loki season two, um, uh, in, in the article here, it it's, uh, credits Daniel Rickman uh, via Covered Geekly, whatever that is, has since followed up on uh, claiming Disney. You couldn't find anything on on cloaked mouse. Uh, not quite cloaked mouse. Uh, we'll feature a Kang variant who is an inventor in the past looking to buy specific items in order to manipulate the future. And while this is pretty vague, uh, the article says it sounds very much like one Victor Timely. So apparently there's a version of Kang from the comic books uh, who was defeated in whatever he was trying to accomplish, but traveled back to 1901 to plan his conquest of the modern age. Um, establishing the town of Timely in Wisconsin, he created Timely Industries, began to create various robots. One of his employees, Phineas Horton would go on to build the original human torch. So the mm-hmm. idea here is that this would be um, potentially, so it says much of the equipment built by the industry is going to be used by the likes of Reed Richards, Misty Knight, and even Deathlock, showing what an impact Victor had on the wider Marvel universe. So, um, and I think later in the article, it also goes into like, if this happened, if he's revealed here, this might 
you know, play into um, what Kang built as Chronopolis, which is apparently this fortress we've been seeing in the trailer um, mm. of, of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And so um, it, it just may be a full circle sort of thing that we, we kind of see the genesis of how, you know, Kang basically gets into his situation uh, that will find him in an Ant-Man and the Wasp and then go from there. So, so who knows? It's all up in the air. But uh, Loki season two, uh, I believe, is not slated to start until sometime this summer. So uh, we will have to buckle up and wait. But we do have Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out on February 17th. So thoughts on this, sir? Wow, uh, that's a whole lot. But hey, if we get a guy named Phineas in somehow involved in the MCU, I'm all for it. Uh, I'm I'm just a big fan of Phineas. I feel it's a very underused name uh, <laughs> in fiction and in life in general. Yes, you, that's what I took out of all that because that was just you should huge. watch the show Phineas and Ferb. Very that funny. Was, uh, you know what? I didn't even think of that until right now. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Always Johnny on the spot with a reference. Indeed. Um, I, that's a whole lot of information, but I'm all up for it. I, oh, I think can I, I think it was a given that we were going to get a whole bunch of Kang variants. I, I thought that was just sort of give, uh, given, but I like the fact that this one sounds really interesting. Yeah. What are you going to say, sir? One, one last little thing. When, when I mentioned like this, this, um, what, what the article is saying that Loki season two would do is, is the rumor here is that maybe it is Loki who is the one that gets Kang stuck in his situation in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, so what we can divine from the trailer so far is he needs Ant-Man's help for something. Uh, we don't know quite what that is yet. So he is in a position where he needs help. And what I think this article is kind of rumoring if we, um, if it is in fact this Victor Timely variant is that it ends up being Loki who, um, may end up, you know, getting him stuck where he is, so almost being like the the predecessor or the prequel to what we see in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, Loki causing problems? The hell you say? No. Never. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Boy, saw that one coming a mile away. Oh. You ever but watched I'm the movie Gross Point Blank? Yes, Dan yes. Aykroyd as 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 one of the uh, you know the the leader of the Hitmen Union or whatever, and mm-hmm. and John Cusack's like he's like you ratted me out. He's like and Aykroyd's like me, no, never. <laughs> you know, just that smarmy Aykroyd way of. Uh... Yep, <laughs> love it, love it. Anyways, well, that my friends uh, is a Marvel Star Trek week in geek. Wow, we kept that one under like a half hour. That's pretty impressive. Well, that was kind of the point because we're getting into the meat next, ladies and gentlemen. What yeah. The meats. Okay. The well, meats. everything has to do with the meats or the bourbons for the man they call Tim. Indeed. So we might as well dive into this. Uh, and when, by this, we mean the 2023, the 35th. Uh, Royal Rumble, if I have that correct, from the 8,000 times that Michael <laughs> Cole mentioned it last night. Um, live from San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, with over 58, what was it, 58,000 people at the Alamo Dome? Something uh, like yes. that. Yes, I took note of the self-promotion they did here. Hold on a moment. Um, that's, a lot, that's a lot of mofos in there. Yes. Where did it go? Yeah, I think it was 58. I, I, I wrote it down in my notes here somewhere. And they were really trying to soak that for, you know, all it's worth uh, by sorry, not having... 51,338. 51, oh. Okay. And they were trying to fit everyone in there, too, because they did mm-hmm. not have their normal, you know, big stage setup, which would, 
you know, block off almost, you know, an entire end of an, of an arena. Yeah. So that big LED stage, no, it was just like a little corner of that sucker set up. Like it was, it was almost old school WWF with yes. like the, the wicked long aisle down the side. Yeah. What did you the think side. of the runway, man? When I saw that, I'm like, man, if I'm the talent, I'm like, I should have worked on my cardio more. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because <laughs> that um, is a long, long way down. I mean, granted, we've seen that before. I remember the first rumble that we talked about a couple of years ago, um, when Edge came back, they had a long runway like that. But I believe that was also a bigger stadium. I don't think it was outside. Yeah, I, I think it was the stadium in Tampa, if I remember correctly. Okay, it, I think it, it was. I mean, it was a it was a big joint. Yeah, like they were yeah. they were coming out of I think a dugout mm-hmm. sort of a situation, something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, um, so I mean they've they've done that before. But yeah, that was a long ass way to the ring for it actually, sure. It had like the, it had like the bend. Yeah, you know, like it, there was a there was a ninety degree you know dog leg at the end. It was like yeah. a par five. Like okay, yeah, you go four hundred yards this way, and then there's a dog leg to the left, and there's the ring. You know, yeah, <laughs> holy crap! I think it was WrestleMania <laughs> seven. Was it seven or eight? I'm thinking of one second. Well, three. Um, they had like the they had the forklift with the. <laughs> They would actually drove like Andre down to on. Yeah, I think it was WrestleMania eight. I'm thinking of, but but what was most reminiscent to me, and and I know I joked about this. We'll get to it when when Nikki Cross came out, but when she came out, I really did have like a flashback to to WrestleMania eight when um because that was the double main event um where Hogan and Sid Justice fought, and um at the end of the match, it was the return of the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, and when the Ultimate Warrior came out, like there was something about his size and the length of that, that runway where, I mean, he's running, but you can tell he's got a ways to go. Like, like as fast as the warrior would run to the ring, it just didn't seem like he was making a lot of progress, you know? Yeah, no, (laughs) it's really funny. And I felt the same way for poor Nikki cross. She was hauling. And it's like, like four foot 11 too. I mean, and I'm not, believe me, I'm not saying this is like someone who's a tall dude. I've got, (laughs) I'm not that tall and I've got like short legs from even my height. Like I felt her pain as she's hauling down there. I'm like, Ooh, that's a long way on short legs. Uh-huh. That's a long way. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh my gosh, they should yes, have given indeed. her like a golf cart or something. You know, although that that would have been even more terrifying. I mean, gosh, at one point Becky Lynch when she would when she hit the dog leg, she's like peering around the corner at Bailey. I mean, it it, it, it like your description of it was perfect. It was a dog leg because it's like you literally couldn't see into the ring until you rounded that corner. You almost needed like a guide to get you there. Like they needed <laughs> to have someone people. Didn't walk down with a periscope or something like that. You know, <laughs> they've got. That would have actually been a great thing for like someone to come, come out like full golf outfit and they're, they're consulting notes and looking down. Like oh yeah, okay. So it goes to the left. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they they wanted, to, they wanted to fit every single s- oh, butt yeah. they could in a seat for that that venue right there. They yeah. they maxed it out for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, packed house and and a lively crowd, oh, like yeah. a lively crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were into this thing, uh, you know, at all the right moments. And when something wasn't going, like they were a very good crowd to me because I think they were they were they were there in the right places and then when something wasn't going 
that well. Yeah. They weren't just mindlessly cheering. They would get quiet real quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, okay. Never mind. You yeah. know? So it was, it was very good. You could kind of really read, you, you got a good, uh, a good mirror back to your own emotions from the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I missing it? Am I just the only one? No, it seems like everyone there is dead too. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. not just me. Uh, but so starting this thing off, uh, we get, of course, the return triumphant or otherwise of uh, Pat McAfee as the surprise commentator. I didn't understand that at all. It's like, why, why did we have either. to have that? Well, <laughs> is he from Texas? I don't know. I, I, I know he's been an announcer. He was an ESPN radio personality. I, he may still have his podcast or a show. Um, well, he definitely still has a show. Like He's okay. He, and he disappeared for a while, I think, to do football or college football or something. So I don't know if that's wrapped up and now he's back. But yeah, it, it, it was kind of like, I don't know if Texas was his home state or not. But yeah, uh, he, he got a lot of fanfare. And I'm just sitting there like, why do I care about this chucklehead? Just just can we start, please? <laughs> yeah, he's he's born in Plum, Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen. Well, and uh, that answers that question. <laughs> Went to high school in Plum, Pennsylvania, and then college in West Virginia, and then played for the Indianapolis Colts. So, yeah, I'm not ah. quite getting the Texas connection, but they uh, they they love them some Pat McAfee mm. deep in the heart of Texas. Oh, he I saved mean, up for that, didn't he? Oh, jeez. But anyway, so he came out, and that caused, uh, you know, we had to have a whole bunch of yucking it up, which I was like, okay, uh, this thing is already going to run long. Which Apparently I mean, oh my Graves gosh! And he have some sort of beef or whatever. But anyway. yeah, they got some heat. But I was like, do we really need to be spending this time? I mean, I knew that I knew this thing was going to run long. I didn't know it was going to run four hours. Imagine being in the crowd though. Like you had to sit there and listen to his music play as he just uh-huh. walked to get to the ring. Like that right there was probably at least a two minute, three minute affair. Oh and yeah, then all the tomfoolery after that. Well, the thing is, I mean, if you if, if it were me getting to my seat in that arena, I would have looked at that at that entrance way and i would have been like oh boy this is gonna be a long night a long night is the undertaker um, on the card i hope not oh, <laughs> but then out of the gate we right after mcafee we get the men's royal rumble mm. which you were kind of i was surprised but you surprised with it to yes. me though after yeah. watching the last a couple of these now since you mm-hmm. know the past couple of years um totally makes sense like i think they've they've blown it before by having the women's rumble Mm. first and then the men's later put the men first and because it's it's usually the lesser of the two rumble matches and i think this is the bet i think it was a good move and this one was not as as bad as some of the men's rumbles that i've seen in the recent past Mm -hmm. but it, it it was still behind the women's but i was actually pleasantly surprised with this match yeah, and and I also don't think like like looking back after seeing the whole event, it makes more sense to me now why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it from a story perspective, and I I don't want to get too much in, in into the end of the event because we'll we'll talk at length, but but Cody Rhodes winning was kind of like the worst kept secret. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a story they're Mm. trying to tell with him and you kind of figure this is probably the way it's going to go. Yeah. And so 
the story drama wasn't really there. And so I, I, I really feel like they did the right thing putting it first because, and, and I'll get in, like, once we start talking about this a little bit more, I'll, I'll pull out a few other things I noticed and want to see if you noticed them too. But, but I feel like, you know, from a story perspective, I don't know that the men's uh, rumble had a lot of really compelling stories going for it outside of Cody or, you know, kind of the stories that were developing during the match, which is the things like, you know, Gunther and, you mm-hmm. know, McIntyre and Sheamus just kind of, you know, really, really lasting a long time and stuff, uh, among yeah. other things. So I, um, I get it now. It just like growing up with the Royal Rumble, like that was always the main event. You know, like, and, and, and I don't know why, I mean, you, you and I have done a few of these events. We've seen it not be the last thing and that sort of thing, but I guess I'm just kind of old school that way that, that there's a part of me that kind of wishes it was, but also recognizing that I think the reason they did it that way is because the star power just star power and story, uh, you know, depth of storyline just, just isn't there this year. So, well, I'll put it this way. I think that the pay-per-view as a whole benefits from having a men's Royal Rumble match and a mm. women's Royal Royal Rumble match because it, it automatically cuts down the amount of matches that you can have. So, yes. yeah. And, and this is partly because I've watched a, a ton of Brian Zane's uh, Wrestling with Regret classic pay-per-view reviews. And you, you look back at some of the older Rumbles. Good God. The, yeah. the talent level for the actual rumble match is atrocious yeah. in some of those matches. Like they are literally throwing out anybody yeah. who might still be on the roster and like their big surprises are, are either people that no one's heard of mm. or returning people who are not that impressive. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them. And then the rest of it is like jobbers and a couple of main event people. I mean, it's, it's not good. This match, I think, was really good in that you didn't have a bunch of BS surprises. You had a couple that were that were fine. You had the one weird spot, which I, I actually gathered a little info on before we started recording. And other than that, you had a fairly strong amount of talent. Like you had a, a a pretty even amount of talent. There was no like huge drags yeah. on on the work in ring. Um, and you actually managed to work in some of those storylines that are already in progress into the match. It all kind of it worked out like they all got those moments. The storylines, of course, didn't take like quantum leaps forward. But they ma- they managed to make a little progress. They added a little flavor to some of them. And I think they did a great job in terms of like not doing the thing I've seen them do in a couple of the 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 classic reviews where it's like you get like one dude in the in the ring at mm-hmm. some points or like mm-hmm. two people in the ring at some point in the middle of the rumble and it just becomes boring. You know? Like they they went a long time without an elimination. Like I think what Miz was the first one out and he was like I think it was like eight or nine people in by the time. He, he, he was eliminated like they they kept a decent amount of people in there. And through the first like two thirds of the match, there was actually some really good ring work happening. Like it wasn't all just cut, uh, like punch kick. Right. It right. was there was actual moves being going on. There was <clears throat> there was work between the, the 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 wrestlers going on. It was actually an interesting match instead of just this thing where a bunch of people are laying down. Now, the last third of any of 
you know, any kind of match like this gets a little slower because then you're trying to work to a certain ending. But I was actually pleasantly surprised with this. Like there was a focus on the actual in-ring work. You know, they, man, they did a, they did a good job of just giving you a good match that, like with some of the past women's rumbles where it was like, wow, we're actually talking about some of the storylines that are happening now and they're happening in the ring. Go figure. Like it all, it doesn't exist in this bubble. Yeah. You know, like there's context. So I like that. I thought it was, I thought it was a really, uh, it was a good match compared to the last couple that I've seen where I'm like, meh, had moments, but otherwise dragged like this didn't feel like it dragged that much. You know, and that's a lot for an hour I, and 20 minute match. I would agree. Ex- I guess the one thing I, I might take issue with, and, and this is one of the, the points I want to kind of get your thoughts on, is mm-hmm. I really struggled through a lot of the match, though, um, with with the, the, the action and with the way, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I'm not saying like through all 90 100 110 minutes of of this match do do you have to have snappy crisp wrestling maneuvers but like i felt like throughout like things just felt like either people were just not in sync the um you know the 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 action just didn't feel crisp at times it just felt like timing was off um yeah and you know, like there were points where, and you know, I've seen a lot of these rumble events and, you know, when, when you have the guys who are staying, you know, in for the long haul, you know, of course they powder out and they just kind of take a breather and then they get back into the mix and stuff. It was really bothering me at moments when I'm like looking and like McIntyre and Sheamus are just standing in the corner mm-hmm. and I'm just like, like, that's not what the rumble is. I mean, it's like, well, just but I, standing, mean, it, I mean, I mean, and then later on. I felt like McIntyre was there just to prop Sheamus up. I, Sheamus was was struggling toward the end. Oh well, you, yeah. <laughs> he he definitely. That happens when you don't have any, when you don't get any vitamin D ever. Oh my god! Like he did not like like just. I, I was impressed when when they when they pulled off the uh, the, the, the dueling <laughs> kicks there and stuff. But but yeah, toward the end he was really struggling just to string like just punches and kicks together and and stay standing. Like he just looked well, like he was yeah. exhausted and and stuff. So, um so it was things like that. You know, like I have a note like when uh, Santos Escobar came in, uh, he came in at number 10 and there was a moment where like he and I forget who the other person was, but I think they were going to do a sequence where he got thrown into a corner and he's just like standing there and he's like trying to like tell the guy to like do something else because when the camera flips around you see that like Gunther's in that corner beating on someone so it's like you can't whip him into the corner because that disrupts mm-hmm. what's going on there and so so it just seemed like there was just some like mechanics to the match that were off a little bit and, and well, yeah and, and at times I, I just was like I don't know I, I just expected it to be a little bit you know just it didn't look very professional sometimes you know what i mean it well, just felt none like none of these matches do i mean it's it it always devolves into a rugby scrum you've got like 10 12 people in the ring at one point at sometimes i mean i know but there's no way a you punch can, and a kick should look like a punch and a kick not like a you know i'm i'm throwing some well, I, you know again i'm not a wrestler i'm not in the match i don't i i you know i'm not trying to sit here and and be overtly critical but i'm just saying compared with other matches i've seen those details never really stood out in my head. And last night they seemed to for some reason. So, well, and I I will agree like some of that, but at the same time, there is an element of that, that I give 
again, with this match, I give it a lot of leeway because mm-hmm. it, you it, it's not like a tag. It's not even like a tag team match where you can kind of coordinate and you have a feel for it. Like there is so much going on there. Like yeah. we were talking a little bit in our in texting back and forth about like, how do you even book something like this? Like, yeah. how do you or, or not even book it? Like, how does the, how do the agents who are running this match manage to work all of that and and coordinate everything mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. And I think some of that, some of the looseness or some of the the uh, maybe sloppiness has to do with the fact that if you're I mean, I'm thinking from my perspective, if I'm in the ring there, I'm not focused completely on the person in front of me. I've got my head a little bit on a swivel because you don't you have to be aware of what everything else that's going on your, around you. And it's not like you do this type of match all the time. This is way more people in the ring than you're used to on a regular basis. So you're if it were me, I would totally be looking peripheral vision all the time, making sure I wasn't in the way of somebody else who is, you know, tired, not paying attention, whatever. And all of a sudden just have someone slingshot into you and get injured. Like you're just that's what I'm I that's how I interpret some of that sloppiness as like I got to keep my head up and moving around to make sure I don't get clocked inadvertently and screw something up because you don't yeah. want to get injured, but you also don't want to injure somebody else. Like you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, like, Hey, right. how come this guy blew his knee out? Well, I was in the wrong spot. Well, how come he didn't notice him? I was paying attention to the guy in front of me. Yeah. You know, that's how I kind of look at some of that. Um, okay. I mean, I do agree. Like, yeah, totally. I'm not disagreeing that there was a lot more sloppiness. I just think that there's a you have to give it a little more leeway in a match like this. Oh, maybe something had to do that that long runway. You know, you get old gas getting down to the ring. Yeah. I mean, think about having to walk back. (laughs) You just you just want to get back and get like a get a bottle of water. And you're like, it's still a quarter of a mile. I haven't even got. I'm going to start I mean, hitchhiking. It's, it's a, quarter, a golf cart. It's a quarter of a mile to the curtain, and then I still have to keep walking. Oh, nice. They need to have like the bullpen cart from, yes. from like a baseball stadium. Yes. I did like uh, so so just just to touch on a few notes I took. Um, you know, early on, like you said, Gunther and Sheamus were one and two. Miz was three. Uh, I, I, I wrote a note uh, before it happened, looking forward to seeing the Miz get the hell slapped out of him by both men. And literally, as I finished typing it, both of them just yes. Oh, my gosh. Did he get some chest chops, the likes of which uh, he's probably still feeling today? Yes. Uh, holy moly. So that that was very cool. Um, what else? Oh, I did enjoy uh, Xavier Woods and uh, Chad Gable uh, going into a quasi um amateur wrestling match yes that was amazing (laughs) i thought that was fantastic that was oh my gosh fantastic those guys were that that, looked good that looked good when they i can't stand chad gable's character i can't deal with the shoosh thing it it pisses me off it and it goes beyond like heel heat into like x-pac heat like it's it's heading that direction for me uh but that was a those are some really cool moments and i mean the dude is a hell of a worker Mm -hmm. i thought um I thought the fact that, you know, Gargano setting up Miz uh, f- on the ropes yeah. and Seamus walking over and be like, what you doing? You stealing my move? Like, I, <laughs> I love that moment. That was great. Uh, I thought that, uh, that was good. That was good. Um, I thought Kofi doing like just the cross body for the entering move, like just yep. immediately going top rope and then entering the match from with a cross body was a great touch. I'm like that. That actually makes sense. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you do that? 
mm-hmm. like the one time that you you like you can't be eliminated if you go up there. Um, I thought that uh, <laughs> the, when um, oh, what was it? Uh, uh when Ford, uh, what's uh, Montez Ford got lost, uh, got eliminated, and I think it was McAfee was like, I got to be honest, I just lost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was great. <laughs> that that was the thing with McAfee, though. Like setting aside the introduction and 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 you know the the, the grand entrance of him, he was money on commentary with these guys. I mean, mm. that at some point he calls Cole a booze bag or something like that. Yes. I mean, oh my god, it was really funny. Like, Actually, another one of him stuff. was when uh, when almost came out and he's like, "Humans come in that size, huh?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like very matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That, that that was good. That was. I was like, good. yeah, and of course, you're a punter. You're going to say that. Um, but oh, yeah, some gosh. some great uh, some some great stuff going on here. Um, so we actually broke down this with a few uh, a few awards to try and rein us in a little bit. Which mm-hmm. I mean, quite frankly, it's doing a bad job of so far. Uh, but we've got some uh, awards to hand out for each of us. Uh, biggest surprise, MVP, LVP, uh, least valuable player, of course, and biggest moment. So what was your biggest surprise uh, from the men's uh, Rumble match? Uh, basically that Cody and, and Gunther had basically a mini match after yes. everyone else was eliminated. Um, that was tremendous. Like that, And that was and a great was way to do that. It, yes. It was very smart because if they went with, a, with Cody immediately getting the elimination on Gunther, they risked the crowd turning on them. Yeah, because the crowd was was not. I, I don't. I mean, I think the crowd was happy that Cody won. Mm-hmm. It was definitely not the pop yeah. that Rhea got. Right, right. And they were they were not that into Cody. Yes, winning the Rumble. Well, and and you know so, some articles I was reading today were were kind of talking about how rare it is for you know the the babyface to come in at number thirty because it's like you know, normally you have the heel who does that. And then, and then if they end up winning, it's like, well, you didn't really earn, yeah, you know, what you were doing. But I think it was extremely smart of them to have this mini match where, where Gunther is, is, so now he's, so he's been in the ring for like, what? 70 the entire minutes, match. 70, yeah. 80 minutes at that point. And, and he's actually going to work on the torn pectoral muscle that has now been repaired and, and mm-hmm. doing those vicious chest slaps and just doing, <sighs> you know, just some amazing, you know, intelligent wrestling maneuvers. Like when Cody goes to throw him over and he turns his body so that he can actually like grip the rope, you know, appropriately yep. um, and just showing great, great uh, uh, awareness. Um that that was I I really enjoyed that and and I think it helped it it helped reestablish you know Cody and and help give him some struggle to winning um, mm-hmm. even though he went against someone who was very um, you know who, who had been in, in in the ring for the entirety of the match now I I was texting Uncle Todd uh, like I think it was toward the end of the event that thinking about it some more now they now have this great feud already kind of built, you know, mm-hmm. like let's say we go to WrestleMania and Cody wins the world title and he has a few title defenses. At some point, Gunther's going to lose the IC belt and he's going to come for Cody. And now we have a built-in story already. He's like, you may have beaten me in the Rumble, but you beat me when I was 90 minutes in and now you're going to get me at 100%. And or... I don't think you can get the job done. And... I, I think that that I think that'd be pretty cool, especially if he beats him and then Cody chases him for a little bit. I I think that it it, it was in my mind a great way to start thinking ahead. 
you know, mm. for, for potential, you know, monster opponents for, for Cody to have to face. Or do we wind up with Gunther still having the IC title? And you get like a you get like oh, a yeah. Warrior Hogan sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if Cody only winds up with one of the belts. Yeah. Because, I mean, even though they were even though they said last night was Reigns versus Owens for the the, you know, undisputed universal championship. Like, is that truly both belts or right. is it just one out of the two? I I don't know. I mean, you know. When there were rumors of Rock maybe coming back, which which he of course didn't show up, but mm-hmm. I saw there were rumors of what they could do is Reigns instead of defending it as as you know the defending those titles together that they would split it across you know the two nights of the event where he mm-hmm. defends the Universal Title against one. I'm guessing Cody is going to declare for the World Heavyweight Championship because part of his story is winning the belt that Dusty had won but had to give back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the lineage goes through that title. Yeah, because so, that was that's the big gold belt, right? Right, right. Okay, so, so that I, makes sense. I think he's probably going to declare specifically for that one, and then what they could do because the Rock didn't show up, but obviously with the nuclear heat that's going on right now with with Sami Zayn, is maybe you have Sami against Roman for the Universal Championship. I think it still has to be Kevin. I don't think Sami Zayn. I mean, then again, I don't know. I mean, they were cheering for Sami Uso last night, as opposed to either he either got a KO monster or, pop. And what, well, let's let's get to that because yeah, I yeah, I don't oh, sorry let, sorry yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so but, sorry uh, my biggest surprise was Cody and Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're, we're getting to the last match of the night. We're talking the, about the first match. And, even though you come said Shmuley, even though we set up the guardrails, I'm I'm running all over them. So uh, yeah, my biggest surprise was Cody and Gunther having the mini match. Uh, what about you? you sir for me it was cody winning yeah yeah just because it seems so obvious yeah i was totally not i i just i just wasn't i guess i just wasn't expecting it yeah um not that he shouldn't have and you know he did look rusty i think uh, especially when you're comparing him to gunther who'd been in there this yeah. entire time and was actually looked sharper yeah, he, he, Cody. He, he's got the cardio down. I mean, he he, he he's must a machine, have the cardio. dude. Yeah. He is a I don't think he's human. I think that's a cyborg. <laughs> well, it, of it, some it was kind. great to see him stand up though, like toe to toe with Lesnar and and toe to toe with another big guy. I'm trying to think of. I think Strowman. Strowman, I think he stood up too. I think he I he, I mean, like, he, he looks legit against those guys. You know, he doesn't they, look Yeah, go ahead. Know, I'm sorry. No, no, so I was just going to say he just looks legit. You know, compared to like an AJ Styles, who when he stands next to Lesnar because of height, you know, looks a little more diminutive and stuff like that. But but with with Gunther, it's like none of those guys he looks small against. He he looks like he oh, belongs no. in the in the conversation with them. And legit holds his own. Oh, like yeah. that's the thing. And because of that size, he legit holds his own, yep. and you and you believe it instantly. Yep. Like uh, yeah, so totally. And and they utilized him perfectly throughout the match. Yeah. Like he he even though he showed that he could be, you know, he's not this invulnerable, no sell sort of guy. Right. He just looked strong yeah. the whole time. It yeah. was great. Yep. Um, and I, I thought it was, uh, you know, some of the, some of the stuff at the end, you know, on the way to him, you know, winning. I thought it was kind of nice that, you know, he went for the bionic elbow, didn't get it. Yeah. Um, I do appreciate the fact that we got a shattered dreams. I was like. <laughs> Yes, yes. We're we're digging out all the old oldies now, you yes. know. That was great. Yeah. Um 
but yeah, no, it was, it, it was a surprise to me just because it, I, I really, I was like, yeah, like you said before, like he, the baby face coming out at 30 and winning, like it's, it's yeah. too easy, but having that mini match made it work. And the fact that it was his first appearance back. Yeah. Right. All contributed to that working the way it did. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to complain about it, but it was, it was a surprise to me. And I think it was a, it, it was either either a surprise or it was like the yeah well we knew that and that's why people didn't go you know banana for it at the end right as uh, pat patterson would say yeah because the the crowd reaction was was fairly kind of mediocre yeah for that yeah but hey you know that happens after you're you know an hour and a half of wrestling without Mm -hmm. a break that'll happen um who do you got for your mvp uh, just for the reasons we just stated, Gunther, I, I, yeah. I think he comes out of this looking like a million bucks. He adds to his legacy. He adds to his, um, you know, legend a little bit, his lore, uh, just being this, this really strong, um, you, you know, strong competitor who clearly can, can go for, for quite a distance. And, 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 and like I said, I think, I think they're, they're doing the right thing, finding moments like this for guys like him to, to start positioning him as a real world heavyweight championship sort of contender um where you know when he gets it it's now who the heck is going to knock him over and um and and i think it and i think that's the best thing for for someone like cody rhodes because once once the story that he's talking about finishing gets finished he's going to do a run for a little bit and then things are probably going to cool off and he's going to need to have his you know whether it be you know, his version of Apollo Creed or his version of Clubber Lang, but he's going to have to have something. Well, that... Gunther's more uh, um, Russian. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, Drago. 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 But but my point is, is like someone who knocks him down a peg that he has to go after now. And yeah. he, has to, he has to find something within himself to overcome what is essentially this, what seems to be this unbeatable thing. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that's the best thing for Cody because he's got to have that foil um, to go against. Um, I think Reigns can be another foil because of the fact that there's, there's the, you know, both of them coming from, from strong, you know, and, and rich wrestling families, um, True. you know, with, with their lineage and everything. So anyways, G- Gunther's my MVP just because I think that this was the right move to build him up in this way. And, and it wasn't heavy fisted, you know, it wasn't heavy handed. It wasn't, um, over the top. It was just, it was natural organic and he just, he did a phenomenal job and did not look like a guy who was in there for 90 minutes when they had the mini match. Like you said, he was crisp, he was strong and he, he looked like he could have gone for another 30, 40 minutes. So, um, oh, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm calling Gunther. Yep. Me too. Uh, and, and for all the reasons that you said now, what was his, what was his gimmick in NXT? Was he Walter? His name was, yeah. So in the independence, he was called Walter and it was all capitalized and, uh, he carried that into NXT and then he created with, um, I think two of the guys are now are still a part of it. And one of the guys didn't come back, but he had this group called Imperium. Um, yeah. so Marcel Barthal and, uh, Fabian Eichner, um, who are now back with him. And then there, I think there's one other person who's, who's a new, new member, but, um, but but I, I I love the gimmick because in, and you I think you saw it on his 
on his jacket or something like that. But it, but their their tagline is you know the mat is sacred. You know they they are yeah they are no, it's like great. These... It's a great gimmick. Like yeah. this hardcore and the fact that you get like the you know the you know this the very stark imagery. Like yeah. like when they come out on Raw and you didn't get. I mean you didn't get it because you had that tiny little corner entrance. But like <laughs> when they're on Raw or SmackDown and it's just like the entire like bright yeah. white background with just imperium yeah you know lettering on it and that's it like yep. it is no nonsense like aha yes yes okay these guys are just here to you know wrestle and kick your ass okay and, and and i love that he's the ic champ because they're you know with triple h coming you know being in charge of creative they really wanted to you know reestablish that belt as the workman's belt yeah and and he is he is right now probably one of the top workmen so oh um, absolutely so yeah. i mean but yeah I wanted to punch McAfee though, at least when he, whenever he would use the, 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 he would say the ring general. And I'm like, come on, you got to do it the right way. It's the ring general. That's what I want to well, hear. The thing that was getting me with McAfee was every time you talk about the championship match. Yeah. What was, was that, up with that, that? I don't know. I don't know, but I want, <laughs> I literally like want to reach to my screen. Accent, you know what I mean? It was crazy. It's like he's trying to be like Jericho or something like yeah. a champion. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> When did you all of a sudden become French Canadian? Like, where are you from? Are you Quebec? Why? You know, you come by, you come down there from a Quebec City. You're going to go oh down there. You gosh. go to the champion, yeah. the championship match. And it's like, stop. Yeah. From Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, go on the go drive on the Jersey Turnpike or something. Um, anyway, I don't know what that even means. Uh, so who do you got for your LVP? I think that's the Rona talking. <laughs> it probably is. Um, I put my LVP and it's probably unfair to pick on him, but but Ray Mysterio just no showing. Uh, you know, I know the storyline is is uh, Dominic, uh, you know, tomfoolery, ballyhoo, and shenanigans all all in effect. But uh, but you know, kind of hoping to see Ray Mysterio show up and 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 take the boy to the woodshed. But uh, yeah, that was not. But apparently, be. he got injured. So that was the one thing I did research before we we talked. Oh, is- he, was, he legit injured. Yeah, I guess uh, he got injured at the SmackDown taping and okay, okay. M- might have been bad enough that he was just like, like couldn't even show up for like some sort of backstage, you know, break in to show like he's injured oh, interesting. and that sort of thing. So it was just a, they were like, ah, oh, well, it's just a no show spot because, yeah. you know, what else are you going to do? Or they figured like, oh, well, we just have him come out with Ray, Ray's, you know, Dom come out with Ray's mask and that explains it. And yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like they went with, but. Yeah, I Still, I, yeah. I did mention to you, and I I I was kind of hoping they would do it because there's a lot of rumors right now that he's going to jump. But uh, there's this guy from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's he's called Switchblade Jay White, and very very good wrestler. Um, I don't know though that he would get the same. Uh, like I was kind of hoping he would show up. You know, like they would have him come in because he's supposed to do a uh, loser leaves some, you know, the city match, you know, which is really supposed to be his swan song. And then he's heavily rumored to be coming at WWE. Um, but uh, I, I was kind of hoping he would make a surprise, you know, debut much in the same way that AJ Styles did back in 2017. But I don't know that he would get received the same way. He's been on AEW television, so he's not completely unknown to the American audience. But I also don't know if he carries enough cred to get that kind of reaction you know what i mean like uh, yeah. of, of someone from outside coming in and it being a big deal so mm-hmm. um i mean he's been the heavyweight champion uh the iwgp heavyweight champion so i mean he's he's achieved some very you know very uh uh highly credentialed things it, it, but but i also just don't know if if the ww audience is as familiar and i just thought it would have been kind of cool to plug him into that slot but oh well yeah i i think that i think corbin's it's- <laughs> 
Oh, well, <laughs> gosh. I mean, how many? Corbin's got to have like nine lives. Either that or some pictures yeah. of somebody with a goat. I don't know what it is, but he's <laughs> he's got some info to be hanging around oh, this God. long. You know? Oh, man. You just know. I mean, not even X-Pac. He, he would, that dude would mortgage his future for X-Pac heat. Mm-hmm. Any kind of a reaction, I think, yeah. would be good for him. Yeah. Uh, which actually, so that is my LVP, is Baron Corbin, who, a guy is. who basically came down, uh, got F5'd. And and I mean, granted, the sequence was awesome, yeah. you know, because yeah. he gets F5 by by Brock Lesnar before he even gets into the match mm-hmm. and then just lays there much like <laughs> the little brother from a Christmas story. It's his only defense is to lay there like a slug. And then Seth Rollins comes down, does his whole like 10 minute entrance because, you know, he has to get to that part in the song where everyone can sing along. And with the ramp that they had yet last night, oh, gosh. He, I'm pretty sure that happened twice. Yeah. Like, the song managed to get through that to that segment twice. Yeah. And, and Rollins gets down there and he just sees him there laying there like the hell. I thought he was going to stomp him at first because when you see Corbin, he was in position. Oh, yeah. And, and then and the I thought fact he was is- just going to run up and just nail like Corbin was going to be like his gimmick was going to be just getting like nailed by the next like four people. You know what yeah. I mean? Which I like, what, but that's a good one. I, I would have been fine with that, but I like the fact that he, like, Rollins just looks up and asks, like, kind of just gestures everyone in the ring, like, clear out, make some room, <laughs> tosses him in, follows him in, and then immediately pitches him over the top rope. Like, yep. just let me take out the trash yeah. now. Yeah. I, I thought that, I was like, okay, fine, whatever. But, I mean, Baron, you barely worked last night. You, yep. you probably shouldn't, you know, like, your payout was a cheeseburger at catering. That was, you know. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that's rough. That's well, rough. Well, pal, uh, you really uh, didn't even break a sweat, did you? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I guess he can't, he did break a sweat because he, I mean, that's a long way to walk before just to get at five, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was, it led to a good moment, but Bar- Baron Corbin, least valuable player, easily. Indeed. Easily. Indeed. Uh, what'd you have for your, for your biggest moment of the Rumble match? Uh, it's got to be the midair, midair collision. Oh my gosh! Ricochet and Logan Paul. Um, I I wasn't quite sure what they were going to be doing because because Logan Paul did did that great buckshot lariat where he where he does you know kind of the flip over the rope and then he like clotheslines yeah. the guy. Um, so I didn't know if he was going to go for that and Ricochet was doing something else. But when they just both like as high as they both got. That was yeah. ridiculous. That was ridiculous. And the uh, fact, I mean, there was, and that was a solid impact. Like, because, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like you can't, you're coordinating at some point, but like you yeah. want to make sure you don't come up short. Right. Right. And so, I mean, and, and in essence, you're basically both trying to catch each other too. So it's like, yeah. there's no yeah. way to like slow down in midair as a smack. I was like, oh. body in motion stays in motion. <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness Good old physics thank oh. goodness no one asked me to do that and you know what i gotta say uh just on a side note for ricochet him and Braun Strowman, man yeah i am i am so digging kind of like oh, that yeah. dynamic that is great and especially like when ricochet has to like jump a, qu- a country mile to like give him a high five yes yes i just i makes me makes me giggle i um, i did have a couple notes too on on just ricochet in general just I, I'm just floored always when I watch him, just how, you know, again, it's a gorilla monsoon, you know, statement or, or it's a statement that was applied to Jeff Hardy, poetry in motion, you know, like, yes. like he is just so 
in control of his body when he does things and and is just such an amazing performer um he is cgi and wires without cgi and wires yeah. i mean it's it's really just remarkable to see him work and and as, since you mentioned stroman too just real quick i mean i thought stroman looked like a million bucks like he oh god everybody he, this is and here's the thing here is the thing like everybody looks like a million bucks everybody come out of this thing yeah. stronger than yeah. i mean except for baron corbin but you know what f him um <laughs> everybody came out stronger like they managed yeah. to get everybody over no but I, I meant physically looks like a million bucks like i knew he oh, had trimmed yeah. down a lot I mean, but when gosh. he came in and was was going toe-to-toe with with uh almost almost, almost right almost sir yeah whatever almost um no, I, I just was like, like, dang, this guy is, I mean, he, he looks legit and, and, you know, just, uh, I, I just really haven't watched a lot of SmackDown, which I think is the show he's on SmackDown, maybe wrong. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they did their world cup yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so I, I just, I was just impressed, but yes, to, to your point also in terms of coming out of the rumble looking good. Yes. Although I will say like <laughs> the there was a couple times like at least once when when because i mean now they're kind of like a tag team sort of situation but uh but stroman using ricochet as like a a weapon yes yes that (laughs) was was fantastic not not the best use however that was earlier in the rumble when mcintyre used gargano and slingshotted him into gable yeah which is like picked Gargano was like you know what I'm gonna hammer this guy onto this guy <laughs> it's like, you know what that's pretty nifty right there that's, yeah I like that yeah um but yeah that oh that was that was a great the and and I I don't care I know Logan Paul there's a lot of things said about him I don't know I don't care I really didn't care about him much in the match until all of a sudden that happened and I'm like what the hell did I just witness yeah you know yeah that was the holy moment of the of the night almost really it it really was um and what about your moment um i'm gonna go with lashley eliminating lesnar because yeah Yeah. you just didn't you don't expect to see lesnar come in and get eliminated that quickly like he was in there for like what three minutes something like that like not that long he was starting to clean house oh yeah i mean when he came in that oh my gosh the one that that i noted down was basically picking up escobar for fireman's carry Mm -hmm. and then just using that to throw him out of the ring yeah because escobar is i mean he's not a huge guy but he's not a little guy either no and just pitching the guy like nothing no in and and that was crazy and then just the fact that the 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 pop that lashley got for eliminating lesnar kind of blew me caught me off guard blew me away well it it honestly reminded me when mcintyre did it you know when mcintyre came in and and i I forget the name of his kick it's not the bro kick but when Um, when he hit yeah yeah. when he hit his finisher and knocked him out of the ring i mean the place went crazy yeah and um i think that was actually just before uh the pandemic started because then he won the title later in march in the empty uh empty arena yeah um but yeah no i i I agree lashley eliminating him because lesnar is so vicious that you Mm -hmm. you expect him to be in there for a long time and and you know really do a lot of damage and be probably one of the finalists if not the winner and so yeah like they they do a nice job or have done a nice job last few years of you know finding ways to still have him do his his beast mode but at the same time you know take take the l you know over the rope and that sort of thing um which which also again the way that they do this tying it into like 
past stories, yeah. current stories. And the way that they did it, they still managed to let Lesnar look strong. Like he came out and he had his temper tantrum on the outside, still looked. Which looked legit, by the way. Like when he took the oh, ref yeah. and threw him over, I'm like, dude, that guy's like snapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like well, he... and that's the thing. Like they, they managed to do that. They they, they made him look strong yeah. in that and, yeah. and had him kind of snap and loses loses cool and all that. And, and, you know, and then even when they then take out, uh, then when Lashley gets eliminated, mm-hmm. it's Rollins eliminating Lashley. Yeah. Like you can tie that back. So I'm like, yeah, it, it was just done so well, which again is great when you don't have a, like 15 jobbers going in there mm-hmm. that who cares who gets eliminated? Like a lot of the eliminate, you know, some, a, a, a decent amount of eliminations had something to do with something that was going on or had gone on or there was there was kind of a relationship there which is why i'm like everybody comes out of this thing looking really good like they they got moved forward i'm like oh my gosh again it's nice to have somebody in charge of this thing creatively dear god i hope so yeah who you know actually is out for the business and focusing on the work and what fans kind of are there for rather than, all right, pal, we're going to do this thing. And, you know, it's like you, and you still manage to work in like the other, like, yeah, you can still have the social media guy come in. You can still have your returning legend, like Booker T. Everyone was like, Oh my gosh, that's great. And then they're seeing him walk down. And at first I'm like, Booker T looks great. And then I see him walking a distance and I'm like, Oh boy, actually I changed my mind. He looks rickety. He looks Ricky. He doesn't look like he's in rough shape. I like didn't he's, notice he's until legged and yeah, like until oh, he tried climbing man. into the ring, and yeah. then, then you're starting to see. Okay, this is like I remember seeing that with like Harley Race and others. Like like the guys end up with some probably hip damage and that sort yep. of thing. And yeah, they they end up walking kind of. When he went for the spinneroony, I was like, I I was literally like. God, yeah. just please let him be able to do it. Yep. Don't let him embarrass himself. Yep. Just please let him be able to get around on it. And he did. I was like, okay, good. Now get him out. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. him out before he starts looking real bad. Yeah. But yeah, everything I just everything just kind of worked out. It was great. But yeah, yeah Lashley eliminating Lesnar was was such a big moment because of the pop. Yeah. It was deafening. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh Lashley is way more over than I thought. Oh yeah. Great. Oh, I'm yeah. happy because I'm like, that's a Lashley versus Lesnar. That was one of your, you know, calling it for WrestleMania. I, I'll watch that match. That'd be oh, my match. gosh. That's like next level Hoss fight. Like, you're going to have to come up with a new name for that. That's beyond a Hoss <laughs> fight. That's like a that's like a rhinoceros Business r- isn't rundown. just picking up, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> business is, is like, oh. you know, it's in a new business. Um, all right, Absolutely. so we now spent like a half. We've, we've spent as much time talking about that match as it actually took for the match to take place. Uh, those, those, um, those guardrails really helped, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> so, what was your rating, rating for this? Uh, I went with three and a half stars. Like like I mentioned earlier, I, I was a little underwhelmed with some of the action, and and I'm noticing in my notes one point I didn't bring up, but I, I just want to mention real quick is. I think the other thing that really bothered me is there was a lot of finishers being nailed and guys almost getting up right after. And and yeah. I, I get it. I get there in that match. I get the, the action has to move along. But it's not a finisher if you're still conscious. I mean, I'm looking at this and yeah. a, and actually, sadly, Gunther is is part of uh, the, the the problem here. When he took crossroads at the end and he and again, he's getting up because of what is to come. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you didn't even struggle with it. 
<laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Like this is supposed to be Rhodes' way of knocking you out. You know, it's like, come on. It now. should literally be like, yeah. Out of the thirty people in there, okay, who are the ten who are going to get to use their finisher? Right, right. And that's it. But it wasn't just Rhodes. Like there was a few times people hit their finishers, and I think oh, yeah. they were so focused on what was to come next that they the selling of it just wasn't there and i'm like yeah. come on now so anyways, and it's, it's Corbin, the type of match great selling but otherwise <laughs> that's, that's, you know what give him two cheeseburgers he deserves it <laughs> three and a half stars though is, is, is a my double, double 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 uh, and I'll, i will also give it a three and a half stars and not because i didn't think it was a you know i thought i could thought it was bad or whatever it's just like i think that's kind of like that is for a Royal Rumble match that is essentially a rugby scrum that's going to be sloppy, that's going to have a lot of stuff going on, like three and a half is it translates to about a four and a half for what a regular match would be. Mm. Like that's a really good Rumble match. Yeah, you know, in my opinion. All right. All right. And from there, we then uh, I'm sure we had like ten commercials after that because I I think I managed to to hit the bathroom, get a snack, um, <laughs> get another beer. Like I, I managed, I, I probably could have done laundry, honestly. Um, but then we came back for the, uh, the pitch black match. The Mountain which, Dew pitch black match. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they're not paying my ass. So I'm not <laughs> mentioning that. Um, which I was, I was very concerned about because when the match started out, like they rung the bell or right before the match, like nothing was different. I'm like, I thought this was going to be, is it just literally sponsored by Mountain Dew and yeah. that's it? Yeah. And then they went with a black light thing and I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. Um, Which admittedly ha- looked a lot better than one of the other gimmicks they tried when he was the fiend, which was that weird, you know, the red, red lighting. Yeah. yeah. You I, could I've, see better. I, I thought yeah. that was much, much better. Yeah. Although I still was like, are we looking for like blood stains are we checking of a hotel room <laughs> McAfee had the for... best line where he's like well i'm glad i got my pants clean <laughs> yeah actually i thought the best one was the alamo dome feels like the back of a spencer's gifts <laughs> <laughs> which yes. i was i was like that's great because that is you have to be of a certain age to get that joke because i don't know if spencer's oh. gifts is open anymore yeah. You know? Yeah. So you had to be at a certain age to know, like, the back end of the Spencer's gift where it essentially turned into, like, a 1970s head shop. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it was, that was, like, where the weed dealer hung out, you know? And that's, mm. you know, oh, my gosh. But that it was it was much better to see. Um, so this was Bray Wyatt's first match. Yeah. Yeah. Back. He, he's been around since SummerSlam, but he's <laughs> it's just been pure story. I know, which is, like, it's half a year. Yeah you've managed to go which i mean it's it says something that that he's still this over that he still gets this much of a reaction after not wrestling for six months yeah being back but still not wrestling you know and that he would have like main event promos on shows and no one's upset yeah you know so there is this thing about this dude um L.A. Knight, I got to admit, when they first started this whole thing, I didn't get it because I was like, I don't even know who the hell this guy is. I'm like, is this like the Brooklyn Brawlers, like, you know, kid is now old enough to be a wrestler? And, well, we can't have him from Brooklyn, so he's from L.A. He's a West Coast. I don't know. I had no idea who the hell L.A. Knight was, but I got to say, dude's got some killer intro music. Yes. Like, that, yes. Is, some, that is some awesome intro music. And, and the dude's an incredible work. promo. Yeah, he he does he, like I I've come I've warmed up on the guy. Yeah. Um I 
I will say, okay, Blacklight, it took me, uh, Blacklight at first, I didn't like. It, I, warm, I, I warmed up to it, much like LA Knight. But when they went to ter- to, to like the, the, the commentary table spot and you had the glow confetti. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, it, it just took me out of the match so much. Yeah. I was like, that's just lame. Whose idea was that? Was that like Vince's one creative input? Like he managed to sneak that in under the wire. Was like, was Triple H back at Gorilla going, oh, God, he did it. I thought I told you, don't let Vince wander around. We got to have it's like a silver alert. We got to have we got to keep tabs on him. Um, But I mean, the match was a, a thing. I mean, it was a thing, right? I I was kind of disappointed because I was hoping it would be a little bit more back and forth. I I, I was hoping it wasn't going to be just the 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 Wyatt squash to establish himself sort of thing. Well, it, um, were, it seemed like it was going back and forth a little bit, but then not like very the much end, though. Not the very end just much. came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Like it just it was almost like someone told him like, oh, by the way, you had ten minutes, now you got five. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, I, it was weird. I did really like the effect, though, as as being another way of Bray kind of you know doing a fiend like sort of thing. Where when the black light went out, like he comes down and he just has what looks to be very basic makeup on. Yeah, and then when the lights flip, and now you see that there's all this design on his arms, on his face. He has these contacts that are making his eyes look demonic. Um, it, it was really, I mean. The effects part of it was, I thought, really well done. This is like one of the times when they went to do something different for a match, and I actually mm-hmm. really liked it. I thought when LA Knight grabbed the kendo stick, and I'm like, like literally, my my note is, oh, well, the glowing lightsaber is a cool effect. So <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> you know, um, it does make you wonder, like, how do all how do all those goodies always end up randomly underneath a yes. WWE ring? Yes. You know, it's one yes. of life's great mysteries. And I don't know if you caught it, but we did have uh what i i'm calling it this i don't know if graves meant to do this but we did have a tombstone reference last night we did Graves missed- saying la night you called down the thunder <laughs> <laughs> i missed that i remember it now that you've mentioned that oh. damn i didn't mi- catch that in progress I okay heard that, my ears perked up and i'm just like <laughs> let's have a spelling contest <laughs> He was like Clinton to a, <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> law dog. Um, but yeah, and then of course, oh, man. once then Bray put on the mask yeah. because we couldn't just have the, the you yeah. know Bray coming down and then Bray blacklight Bray. Then we had to have mask bl- blacklight Bray. Yes. Which uh, try and say that three times fast. I don't even know what the <laughs> hell I almost just said trying to get there. Um, oh, but then man. that turned on the no cell switch. Um, yeah. They brawl through the crowd. We get a mandible. And then, of course, we get Uncle Howdy or Jeff Hardy. I don't know who uh, plummeting off of something. Yeah. Uh, and then explosions. And at the end, I was basically like, the hell did I just watch? Yeah. Th- like like the aftermatch segment. I wasn't quite sure what they were trying to trying to do there. Yeah. I, I like I just I, I yeah, I don't get it. I really it would have been enough. I, I probably would have like I think my what was my rating on this was like a like I, I could have come up a little bit from my rating, but I just felt like it, it was just such a 
one-sided match. I, I really felt, you, you know, LA Knight has been doing, like I, I've watched all the promos leading up to this between him, you know, all, all the interview segments between him and, and Wyatt. And he's been doing a fantastic job, you know, kind of being this different foil for Wyatt where he's not like, I mean, yeah, there, there are times when he's freaked out by stuff, but he's, he is like getting one over on him every now and then, you know, and he's playing the cocky heel and he's like, I'm not going to let the blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to fall victim, whatever. So I was hoping it would be a little more of a contest. And the the, the fact that it wasn't is, is the thing that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit with the whole thing. Um, but I thought the concept was interesting. The way they did it was interesting. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind if they did it again because it just has kind of a really, it's a very, oh, very I'm cool pretty sure effect. I'm pretty sure this is going to be his new thing. I think yeah. the tough thing is that you you're dealing with, again, the the same thing with Cody Rhodes mm. first match back. Yeah. And I don't know that he's done house shows or anything. I'm guessing not, because I, I don't know how easy that is to do now yeah. with social media, with people going around and tracking this stuff. Can you even take a guy like Bray Wyatt? And let him go out and do some house shows and do right. some matches at house shows to get his timing back, to get in front of a crowd, to to get a little bit of that experience. I think it's tough now where it seems like people have to return and they're immediately in front of either a television audience or a pay-per-view audience. And yep. to go from like, oh, hey, I'm, I've, yeah, I've done plenty of ring work. Yeah, at the Performance Center down in Florida in front of nobody. And you're going from that to 50,000 people. I don't care if you've done it or not, you know, for, you know, years or whatever. It's been year. It's been a long time since you've done it. You know, like I'll put it in this perspective. I've played in bands now for, for several years. I've, I've played in front of hundreds of people on a weekly basis for years. It's been a while since I've done that, and I'm getting ready to have a gig for the first time in quite a long time in front of a fairly decent audience. I've done it plenty of times, but it's it's a new exp- it, it's still yeah. a hump to get over yeah. doing it for the first time in a while. Right, right. You know, and to, right. and to all of a sudden have to do that on a pay per view when the, when the stakes are already you know your stakes are high. Yeah, because they're just the buildup of the character and what the buildup you've done. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the reason why they threw kind of everything in the kitchen sink at this. And unfortunately it just didn't match up to the, to the great promo work. Yeah. So, I mean, you gave it two stars. I gave it two and a half stars. Like I'll, I'll, I gave him, and I feel like I'm being generous. Oh yeah. Yeah. Going down the middle on this one. I feel like I'm the one, you know, you're the one healing it up on this. I'm the one trying to like, give them like i'm the one trying to provide perspective on all these yeah. matches like when did we switch here you know part of me wonders too if maybe the reason we saw <laughs> such a lopsided match and, and maybe this is the limitation of this style of match is it, it, you know as i was thinking about it we never really saw la Knight put him in a hole or anything like that and i'm wondering if part of that is as they as the, if they had a real match and the match progressed and they get sweaty you know what i mean like if you start seeing like like Wyatt's face paint is now on LA Knight's body. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. starts to look weird and it kind of loses its like, like Good point. I hadn't thought of that. Like yeah. I'm wondering if, if maybe they did it this way is because the, the, the meat of it was the visual impact. Like here he is, here's mm-hmm. this thing that has come through the door that he warned him about. 
and now, you know, moving forward, he's going to have the mask and, you know, so on and so forth. But it just kind of occurred to me as you were talking, I'm like, I wonder if maybe that's why they did it. Because if, if the match went on and, you know, with sweat and, you know, how face paint normally falls off as the match goes on and that sort of thing, if, if it just would have started losing its visual, you know, luster. So excellent point. I hadn't thought about that, but it makes total sense. I think that's Still probably stars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no doubt. I'm not. I'm not bumping him any more than that. I feel like I, I feel like I gave him almost a full star because yeah. my first inclination was like, as a match and going off of the promo work, like yeah, it's a, a star and a half. But yeah. I'm trying to give him a little bit extra because I'm like, well, you, there's a lot go, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of moving pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which now brings us to match three. Yes, we are four and a half hours into our analysis of this pay-per-view, <laughs> and we've only made it to match three. Um, oh. This was uh, a Raw Women's Championship match with Bianca Belair defending against Alexa Bliss. Um, wow. Um, this one was a match. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it was more of a match than the match before. Uh, again, it took it took a there was like a 20 minute turn it was like it was essentially like going to a uh going this 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 pay-per-view was like going to a festival show mm-hmm. uh where there's like 10 bands playing but you have like that 20 minute changeover in between each band yeah you know yeah um so then they had to get they had to change out the mat they had to do whatever they had to do clean up uncle howdy's splattered corpse from the back side area i don't know what they had to do um, oh, God. the crispy the crispy critter corpse of la night uh, from all those explosions yeah i don't know um <laughs> gosh where are you still, going with this sir still so freaking weird i don't know what to do about that I, anyways blame the rona so again yeah i'll, I'll take that um so this one right here, and and we talked about this a little bit. I have no notes for this match. I, I have no notes for this. Like honestly, there there was very little to note. Yeah, it was. It wasn't that it was a the the note that I have is like the summation I have. It was a decent match, but it was more about Bliss and her character development yeah. than anything to do with Bianca, which says a lot about Bianca Belair that she can go out have a a pay-per-view match yeah. title defense and is strong enough that she can have a match where it doesn't have to be about her. Yeah. People are still going to tune in to see her tomorrow night. People are still going to cheer for her. People are still going to love her character. It was just a matter of like Alexa bliss managing to have a match with her and move and character development. That's all it was. And yeah, you know, I mean, it it says a lot about Bianca Belair, and also says a lot about the current creative regime and how they're treating her, as opposed to Vince jobbing her out to Becky Lynch just because, hey, Beck's back. We're gonna take the strongest women's championship that everyone loves, and we're gonna job her out in ten seconds. Yeah, you know, for no good reason. It. It, it it's interesting to see both championship matches and how story really delineates the two of them in yeah. in, a, in a very major way. Like you know, when and, and we'll get into Reigns and, and, and Owens in, in, in a little bit here, but there there was no big fight feel to this. There was no No, no, no. Like I I can't quite put my finger on it from a story perspective. Like they, there was a build toward this, but to your point, it was so anchored to Wyatt and the Uncle Howdy thing and all this sort of stuff that you 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 really didn't think Bliss had a chance. You know what I mean? Like 
this wasn't like, I mean, at least when Shotzi was, you know, at Survivor Series, when we were talking about the Shotzi, um, God, what's her name? Not Ripley, uh, Ronda Rousey match. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there, there were some concrete, uh, there was some good back and forth that was going on, but there were some, you know, just technical glitches and things that just kind of took away from the match. But like this one, it's like, I'm watching this and I'm like, I, I know bliss isn't going to win. So like, I, I, I'm not invested at all. Like I I have no, but going into Reigns Owens, like there's an outside chance he could win because, you know, I've been reading rumors that, you know, they're thinking about at some point breaking the belts up again and, and Reigns, you know, probably, you know, his, his reign is going to come to an end soon. So, um, so it'd be kind of interesting to do with Owens or, or, or something like that. But, um, but there was such a story going into that match that just this one didn't have. And I'm just, I, I, I just wasn't invested at all. And, and I just didn't care. I mean, well, y- yeah, but you also have to look at like how much the, the character of reigns has been built up and, and they were, sure. you, and, and in both ways, it's a, it's a way of using the champion. It's a way of using what you've, the, the cachet that you've put you, the investment you've put into the champion and the championship yeah, and utilizing it for a purpose. They can't do the same thing that they did with Reigns with Bianca Belair because they have not invested as much in her. Right. But, and also because I, I don't know that they really, I think that they're still trying to sort things out now that they've they've got the championship off Rousey and they're still trying to set up how they want all these things to, to land in the women's division. But, I mean, they're, they're still trying to utilize the champion mm-hmm. to to give a platform for bliss to move her character. Yeah. You know, even though she didn't win, she still looked pretty strong in the match. She didn't, I mean, she didn't, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, comparatively speaking, I mean, she's given up like a foot and a half to Bianca and like, you know, 85 pounds of muscle. I mean, but still she looked pretty damn strong against someone who quite honestly looked like just out of hand to whip her ass yeah i mean she she did well there and then managed to get in some character development to me it's a win it's not a it's it's not gonna and here i'm using my stone cold you know hands up posture like i ain't gonna give it a five star you know but it 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 was utilizing the prestige of the champion to provide in this case not necessarily put them over but to provide a stage like it it justified her title shot justified her being on the same pay-per-view right after Bray Wyatt and uncle Howdy and all that. If that's where you're going, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, I guess that's where I'm trying to drive with this thing. I see. I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, it just, some matches can kind of pull themselves out of the fact that they, they don't have Mm -hmm. a deep story, but this, this just wasn't one of them. And I, there, there, there was no motivation on, I felt on Bliss's part to really truly win the belt. To to your point, you you've said it. it this was all about developing her character. So this was mm-hmm. just a stop along this journey. And yes, it that's was. How a, the match it was felt. A, It was like you know point B on the journey to point Z. Yes. Yeah. You know. Well, I gave and this one and, one and a hey, half stars because I yeah, just was no, like ugh. totally justified. I gave it two mostly because I I still I think Alexa Bliss actually did look pretty strong in the match. I think it was. It ain't nothing that you're going to write home about or remember, but compared to some of the crap that has worked its way onto WWE pay-per-views in the past, still looks pretty good by those standards. I mean, you know, uh, you know, so I'll I'll give it two stars. Um, 
mostly because, like I said, I think she, you look at those two people lined up next across the ring from each other and you're like, Bianca didn't go whip her ass yeah. <laughs> in short yeah. order. Yeah. And she hung in strong and, and managed to look kind of tough and kind of started getting a little bit more of that viciousness like they commented about eight times on uh, on commentary about. But, you yes. know, eh, nothing too spectacular. Which then, uh, again, then 15 minutes of Cricket Mobile commercials later, we got to the Women's Rumble match, um, which is match number four, the semi-main event Mm -hmm. of the evening, and deservedly so. I think so. Um, This one was interesting. We started off with, uh, and we didn't list this uh, for the Men's Rumble, I don't think, but it was Gunther and Sheamus were were one and two. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan were one and two to start yes. off the women's rumble match. And man, very interesting that they went very similar directions yeah. with men's and women's rumble mm-hmm. in terms of like the original pairing being in for an extraordinarily long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually in this case, what Morgan was until the end, wasn't she? She was, yeah, she was one of the last, yeah. Five, at least in the last five, I thought. And I mean, just really great. And and the way that they. Oh, no, uh, and, no. I'm sorry. Morgan was the in the final three. She 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 was, was the one that say. got the great Muda spit on her. Yes. Um, that, okay. That's right. Sorry. I, I couldn't I couldn't find my I couldn't find the because I noted the last three or four for both of the matches and I couldn't find my note for that. And I just found it after you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was, you know. Great booking. I in and I, I will say right now, I have I'm like totally almost to a to a Katie Sackoff degree in the bag for Rhea Ripley. Mm. Fantastic performer. And oh, yeah. I'm just so yeah. like her character just is like she is the Loki of the WWE right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, to the point where I've seen like videos like fans have had where at like house shows where they don't have the nice barricades, they literally have like the old bike rack barricades and she'll get knocked out of the ring. And so she's like laying half under the barricade and she's like reaching under and untying people's shoes in the front row. I'm like, is anybody having more fun than her? Really? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm just so in on her character and the fact that she is so physically imposing and just has that uh, like a co- confidence to an unreal degree. Yeah. Uh, in herself. And they utilized her in a very similar way to Gunther in the fact that like anytime they needed someone to look strong in the match, they pair them up with Ripley, let Ripley do a couple things or get a get a move on her and then she could go and, and rest, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Like they they utilized her really well throughout the match. Um, and it, just overall, like this match, once again, just it, like continued storylines, had some great moments. Um, <laughs> there were some things that made me just giggle because I, I think I think we can finally say at this point um and it's going to have its own ESPN 30 for 30 at some point. Uh, the longest running rivalry in sports right now has to be what? Bailey and Michael Cole? Like, mm. what is going on with this? Like, yeah. is it a single white female sort of thing? Is it a single white commentator sort of thing? I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of scared to know. <laughs> but there's always, like, Bailey always has something to say to Michael Cole. And yeah. it's, it, yeah, it's just, it's delightful it's the gimmick. it is delightful it's the gimmick um tegan knox uh i i just felt this deserved 
a mention uh, when she was delivering her punches and was like, Yaguar! It sounded like Jaguar with like the, the British accent, like the Jaguar <laughs> sort of thing. Yes, yes. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, seriously. Um, but yeah, uh, the, oh my gosh. When, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, I forget her first name, Rodriguez. Is it Raquel Rodriguez? Raquel Rodriguez, yeah. Yeah. When Graves comment about her, oh my gosh, <laughs> being related to 40% of the people at the Alamo Dome, I was oh. like, it instantly flashed into like the commentator in Rocky, I think two, when <laughs> yes. when he's Rocky's like, coming down, he said like, that, not me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I am. I don't see so many Italians in my entire life, and he's like, you said that. And I'm like, <laughs> it immediately made me think of that. I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody's oh. getting somebody's getting pulled into the office afterwards. Yeah. Someone's yeah. gonna be like, have to, someone's gonna have to go into Triple H's office. Like, hey, Paul wants to talk to you. <laughs> <sighs> I know exactly what this is about. <laughs> Can't be saying things like that. <laughs> just, just Triple H sitting there with a oh. bottle of water, just like yeah. Corey. <laughs> <laughs> you can't uh, be saying that uh, in the on the mic. Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, uh. The the one that I thought uh, the I thought Lacey Evans. Mm. I don't know about you. I thought Lacey Evans looked really strong. Um, do, like doing the camel clutch, like holding, I forget who it was, like up off their feet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the first time I've I've seen Lacey Evans where I'm like, okay, badass. I'm I'm anxious to see where this goes because I've seen a couple of the training montage bits at, on shows and I'm like, oh, God, this could be so stupid. It, yeah. Kind of buying into it. I was pleasantly surprised, like kind of seeing that character moving moving in the right direction was nice uh yeah as an example of the opposite uh indie uh i don't know what hartwell. her indie hartwell oh god lover coming in at number 27 she looked overwhelmed coming to the curtain yeah i literally thought she was gonna throw up oh. I, <laughs> I felt so bad for her oh, because geez. i was like she might pass out yeah. I don't know. She just looked like, she, and then she got in the ring and she looked okay, but it was still very much a sort of like, she kind of just looked unsteady, you know? Hey, she eliminated Tony's niece, Zoe Stark. Uh, that was weird. Cause I thought, I thought Zoe was going to be in there towards the end. Cause I mean, I have no idea who she is. She came in and she looks like the real deal. Like yeah. she's one of those yeah. people that you see and sort of like Gunther, like you, you're like, I buy that you're a badass. Like mm. you just look like a very solid human being that could kick my ass within five seconds. Yeah. Um, which is not saying something for a mid forties dude who, you know, two bad knees and ankles, but still, you know, it's kind of a measure of some sort. Um, what else was there? There, uh, there was, yeah. You and Nikki, Nikki Cross is the... <laughs> The I, ultimate war sawed off ultimate warrior seriously, I guess she, she looked like the ultimate warrior hauling all the way down this long <laughs> runway and turn a corner it's like gosh i still got a quarter mile to go oh my <laughs> so, god didn't even take her coat off for like until she was like two minutes into the match then, the, then she gets in the ring and is just going house on everyone and i'm just yes. watching her like waiting to see when when she's gonna gas out you know like yeah. is, is she gonna fall over from exhaustion after all this <laughs> that right there is, is like someone who ought to get a bonus just for oh. like dude you did the cardio like how much time how many like yeah. bikes and treadmills have you worn out mm -hmm. in hotel in hotel gyms across the united states over the last six months yeah 
<laughs> dear sweet god yeah um so i mean i and then of course uh you know which i don't we don't have either neither one of us have this one so i'll throw it out there the michelle mccool coming out of the the front row at number 26 was interesting i i, I wrote nice touch having mccool go from mom into participant <laughs> Yes, and I thought it was great how she's like still like in total mom attire. Like yeah. she's she's got the comfy pants and the Uggs. I'm yeah. like, right on. Okay, that's yep. cool. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize how tall she was though. Yeah, like as she was matching up against some of these ladies, I'm like, wow, she's she is a statuesque, much more statuesque than I thought. Because yeah. I mean, you see some of. I mean, especially uh, oh, who was the young kid who came in? Um. Gosh, uh, she's she's another one who's a, a San Antonio local, uh, Perez. Oh, Roxanne Perez. Roxanne Perez. She, um, number one, right off the bat, hell of a performer. But yeah. good, sweet lord, I was like, she is not tall. <laughs> like what's yeah. And again, I'm not tall either. I, you know, these are my people. Trust me, I'm, I'm right there with them. But I was like, oh my gosh, she's like tiny compared to some. Like she's like Nikki Cross uh, height. You know. Um, but yeah, Michelle McCool, I was like, I had no idea she was that tall. I guess it's because when you're standing next to your, you know, the undertaker, you, you kind of look short. Everyone does. Most yes. people do. You know, even as I'm sure he shrunk a little bit with age, you know, and spine compression bit. and spine compression like Mick Foley. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, um, anyways, so let's get into our uh, let's get into some of our awards here. Who do you got for the biggest surprise? Well, might, might I run through a few of my notes for a moment? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Go That's right okay. ahead. That's, you, you, you've covered a few of them, but I, I just wanted to bring up a few things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was impressed with uh, Roxanne Perez. I thought she came in and, uh, you know, just just looked very impressive, um, you know, compared to others. I, I like the 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 sequence or, or the uh, segment we went through where damage control was eliminating folks uh, left, right and center and, mm. uh, you know, kind of healing it up and getting all the, uh, um, you know, just 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 getting the booze and, and, and getting people all fired up about it. Um, Zia Lee was another one. She 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 came down and uh, she she looked impressive. Her kicks looked really stiff and very real. Um, th- th- this is where I think the women's match started to elevate from the men's matches. I felt a lot of the women were just landing their shots and things, just things look, it looked like the action I would expect, you know, like things did not yeah. stand out to me. Well, and that's um, one of the things with women's rumble matches. And I think just women's matches in general, mm. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to read a lot into this because I know that women have kind of arrived in WWE a while ago now. It's not like this is brand new. Like there's no longer a divas champion that we're out of that era. It is like legit. You know, the women are allowed to be true like athletes. But man, it they are trying it seems sometimes a lot harder, at least in the past. And I feel like they've, yeah. the guys have kind of caught up in some of these matches like, oh crap, we're going to get our butt blown off stage. Yeah. If yeah. we don't, if we don't put in some effort, cause these ladies are coming out and they're letting it all hang out. Yeah. Like yeah. it's almost like the opening band comes out and decides that they're going to, they're going to smoke the, the the headliner off the stage. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I would agree. Like, yeah, they, in some cases I think, and I think because they had a much higher NXT, uh, content level there was a lot of folks out there who were like i got something to prove i am fighting for a spot yeah oh absolutely. Like they're not just out there trying to keep their spot they're like i'm trying to get some i'm trying to get a spot yeah 
Yeah. Um, you know, when Becky Litch entered, I, she, she's another one when she came in, just, just a lot of her stuff looked really crisp, really good. Um, I, I made a note, you know, she, she really brought the fire and I felt, you know, like that was kind of missing, um, you know, from, from the men's rumble as well as, you know, at least in parts of the early going of the women's rumble too. I think, you know, as, as we got to the midpoint, it really started to get, get really good. Um, uh, Piper Niven, uh, who was for the former Dewdrop, and we had to listen to McAfee, Graves, and Cole do some sort of Three Stooges limerick on oh, Dew and Drop while saying Piper Niven about 12 or 13 times. So, How long ago did they change her her, her gimmick from Dewdrop to Piper Niven? Was this her, ba- her, her like I big think comeback this, here? I think the reason they were saying it this many times is this is the change. Like okay. She was Dewdrop. She disappeared, I think, with an injury for a period of time. I don't have the, the exact you know time frame, but so this was her return and mm-hmm. i think they use that as a time to do a reset on her character and 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 flip her into the the piper niven so i was just like oh boy was she built from glass because they built so. her from glasgow yeah. did they yeah. always build her from glasgow um i think so okay i think so um with with Zelina coming down and and having to listen to Cole explain how she was dressed up like a Street Fighter character from this movie or oh, game she's gosh. in, and then or... they started doing this Street Fighter like oh. sound effect. I wanted to again. That was it yeah. was one of two times I wanted to reach through my TV screen and like just like yeah. bang Graves and McAfee's heads together. Yep, and catch Cole in the middle because why not? Yeah, you know. Um, and then we'll, I think as we run through these other things, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this, but just, I, I think toward the end, uh, after Nia Jax came in, I think there were just, I just have a lot of notes on really good eliminations, you know, from Rodriguez eliminating Evans, uh, Ripley eliminating McCool was, was really well done. Um, Piper Nevin eliminating Mia Yim. I mean, they're just, just, I didn't say specifically why it was good. I just remember when I saw it, it was just impressive what they did. And so, yeah. uh, so just all around, uh, I, I, I really feel from like the midpoint of the match on it was like really solid and and a lot of really good um really good action so uh so yeah so uh what sir was your biggest surprise uh oscar yeah just and not because like oh my gosh i didn't think i'd ever see oscar again it was just because of the pop yeah like though that was one of those and the thing is like there was so much genuine emotion in these pops yeah that's what made it wasn't just like an artificial sort of like oh they knew this is a time to cheer like legit like emotional explosion at those moments and i was like oh my gosh i didn't realize again i didn't realize oscar was that over um but yeah that was a huge surprise for me and uh and and also seemed like and she's always been good always been really good always been really crisp it seemed like it went up another level in yeah. terms of like just like she was surgical yeah in in what in the stuff she was doing out there like oh my gosh i i, I would hate to i would hate to be in that in that locker room like okay so now i got to pull it up even further to right. meet up to because she decided to find a six gear oh goody yeah thanks yeah <laughs> Yeah, and, and that was mine as well. Was was not so much the pop, but just you know her return, um, mm. because there there wasn't really anything you know in in some of the wrestling websites I I hit you know normally for news and stuff. There just wasn't really a, a mention of her anywhere, and so um, I, I know she kind of went back to Japan for a period. Um, you know, she was going. Uh, what I had read was the rumor, and it I think this kind of came out in in the face paint we saw is I think she's bringing a 
a character that she played back in Japan into her Asuka character here in WWE now, where it's, it's supposed to be more of a heelish character, but as we saw, um, you know, she was kind of playing the baby face still. So I'm wondering if we'll start to see that transition in, in the coming, uh, coming weeks here. Yeah. Who do you got for your MVP? Oh, hands down, Rhea Ripley. I yeah, mean, me too. Just looked impressive all around. Went the distance, won it all, and and uh, dislocated her knee early on. Ah. Oh, yeah, that that was ridiculous. So, <laughs> yeah, she no, she just phenomenal. Just just a phenomenal athlete, and she had a very strong showing, and just had a lot of you know contributed to a lot of memorable parts of it. Um, yeah, so she was mine. Did you watch the 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 press conference afterwards? I did, but I only saw the parts with I saw Wyatt, I saw Cody, and I saw Triple H, and that was okay. Because I I didn't see I I stopped watching around Cody. Like I just kind of it yeah. was getting late anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it was. But Rhea it, again, like she is one of those people. She has it. She has that charisma. Like mm-hmm. even talking to the reporters, half out of character, mm-hmm. just was still like one of those people who you're like, yeah, you have this little, you have whatever that extra thing is, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just then hearing her talk about like, oh yeah, my knee dislocated. And then it came back in and I'm just, like, I'm laying there yeah. like, ah, <laughs> really? Uncle Todd got the willies. Oh, oh gosh. Yep. All right. Who do you got for your LVP? Uh, not surprisingly, uh, Nia Jax coming back. <sighs> I and I thought you were apropos in your text to me when you were like, well, did somebody order an injury? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, have we had too many healthy people around? Did we need to bring her back? <laughs> but I got to tell you, it was a really cool visual to see all the women kind of circle around her and then just, oh, yeah. just, just close in on her and just pummel her. It was, in, it was, well, and then it was equally impressive when she did the old, you know, kind of uh, Hulk smash, you know, sort of thing where she kind of threw them oh, yeah, all and they off all, and they all explode off her. Yeah. yeah that was, yeah. I mean, it's such a, but they've done that before with her. Yeah. I think that happens yeah. like every time she's in the rumble, it's such a spot and they're trying so hard. They were trying so hard to build her up. And the thing is like, she just, she doesn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever Rhea Ripley has, she does not have. Right. The thing is, she is just, she is a, a, a very statuesque, just big individual. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Hey, you know, whatever. It's like, you can't, you can't coach that much. Like if you, if you're over six foot 10, chances are, if you have any means of coordination, you can play college basketball yeah. or you'll, you'll make it to a certain level. If you're over seven feet, you're going to find a spot in the NBA. Even if you're riding the bench, yeah. like you can't coach height. You can't coach a, a, a human being of that size. Like you right. can't get that, but it doesn't mean that you are any good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're automatically gifted. It just means that you were born to be of a certain size. Yeah. And she does not have that thing. Mm-hmm. And I've watched her like back in the day and it was just, it just never, she never like caught me as like some sort of a badass. Yeah. It was always just like, yeah, well she's, yeah, of course she's bigger and stronger. Okay. Well, but she just doesn't have that thing. And I'm, I'm just puzzled as to why they would bring her back, but she needs maybe to that's have a, a, she she needs to have a wise man. She, she's not a talker and. Oh gosh. Yeah. If you gave her Heyman. Yeah. I I I I think they could do some interesting things with her if if they had her paired up with the right person. Well, wait a minute, to... isn't she related to that? She is. No, yeah, she... she she's part of this. Yeah, she's part of Rain's family. 
maybe that'll be a thing because then maybe Could maybe be. she'll become somewhat tolerable. But I don't know. I I I, I just. Uh, I mean, then again, I mean, Shmooly. I never thought <laughs> I never thought things would turn around with rains, but yeah. you know, hey, I, I um, know that that was that, that was quite a thing for you. So I know I used to. Oh my gosh, my ratings from Roman Reigns matches. Oh, were, gosh. Now I'm. I, in a few moments here, I'll be singing his praises, and mm-hmm. believe me, I'm not. the The hypocrisy is not lost <laughs> on me. Trust me. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. Trust. Oh me. yes. What do you got for your biggest moment? Uh, it, it would be the the end of it. Um, the the final three out on yeah. the apron. Um, you know, Asuka going full great Muda and and intending it for Ripley and it hitting Morgan. Um, love, yeah. you know, how, the, how scrappy Morgan was in, in trying to, uh, you know, eliminate Ripley, but, but ultimately, oh, yeah. you know, you know, she, she had the upper hand and so it's like a million bucks yeah, in, in that, just like, overall, yeah. just all, all three of them just did a great job with, with the, with the drama and, and the buildup of, of, of who, you know, who, who was going to win and that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a great, great ending and, uh, and, you know, very different from the men's, you know, it, it, it wasn't a long drawn out match. It was just, you know, three women just scrapping to be the last one remaining on the ring. And so, yeah, I, I enjoyed And the it. crowd was way into that. Oh, ending. yeah. Yeah. Way more than the ending of the men's rumble match. Yep. Like yep. they were hot for the end of that match and yep. and and deservedly so. Um, yeah, that would have been that actually was mine, but I'm going to I'm going to downshift and just give another moment that I didn't shout out. Sure. Uh, mostly because it's like my favorite entrant in the match, uh, managing to lay the smack down on my least favorite entrant. So I'm going to go with uh, Rhea's Riptide on, on Nia Jax. Yes. I mean, it was not textbook. It was not pretty. But you know what? That is a, that is a, just an example of strength. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was like, okay, damn. And now knowing that like you're, you're rolling on like one good wheel doing that. Mm. Okay. Even better, even yeah. more impressive. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right, Shmuley. So, uh, next up we have our main, oh wait, no, no, we have a interference, uh, before the main event because we had to have another one of these changeovers. We oh, had our performance gosh. by Hardy, not Jeff, not Matt, just some Hardy. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Who, do you have any idea who this chucklehead is? I have no idea. I just immediately put negative 500 stars because it just prolonged the evening. <sighs> and I'm like, can we just get to the main event? <laughs> yeah. For crying out loud. And what made it what made it even worse, if anything was even possible, was the fact that they decided to leave McAfee's mic live so that he could sing along. Oh, God. And then, like, the interaction and all this. And, oh, my gosh. First of all, before I get to my rating and all this, um, you know, and I said this to you. I would call Hardy a discount kid rock, Mm -hmm. but that's an insult to Uncle Cracker. (laughs) (laughs) Hardy is basically like that meth head homeless guy standing out in front of the 7-Eleven all day who you know is like severely dehydrated and oh. hallucinating. Um, Speak it wise, who, man. Who's singing along to like a half-busted boom box. It's just bad. Reach it. Bad. Yeah. Like, and, and from a, a production standpoint, the mix sucked. Absolutely I, sucked. I just, I, I turned the volume, I muted it. 
Like I, I just muted it, and I think I, I, was, I didn't mute it because I was I was just like I want to experience this. I, I want to. And I, I hate myself, yeah. so they, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's obviously backing tracks to a live vocal track, which mm. it, it was the one time I've wished for lip syncing because his live vocal was like, "Oh dear God, yeah, you, you you're horrible." You mm-hmm. are horrible. Like, are you a complete studio creation? Like, are you, even the monkeys could sing better than this, you know? And here I'm talking about monkeys with two E's, you know, <laughs> you know, Mike Nesmith, Davy Boy, you know, all that. Like, oh, yes. um, but uh, always wretched, wretched vocal I, performance. I was, I don't know. Oh. I, I picked up a, a book I was reading on my Kindle, and I was just kind of flipping through a few pages while he was performing. So it's like, I mean, literally, literally, my 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 second note for this was this dude is terrible with like three underlines. All right. Um, the I, the only way I could rate, I, like, I was trying to figure out a grading for this. You to put a, negative could, thousand stars to begin with. I, I don't know I did. why you changed that. Well, because I felt it didn't reflect just ex- exactly how bad this was. So my rating is impossible to measure without developing a new form of math <laughs> number of stars. <laughs> it's impossible. It's, it's, it's the it, infinity symbol, ladies and gentlemen. Not, not even. Not even. Like oh, I feel like I gosh. need to get Stephen Hawking and then resurrect Einstein and put them together along with Max Planck and then come up with some sort of new form of like alien math that would then be able to calculate the sheer horridness of this. Mm. Anyways... I would have rather have had an Al Snow versus Tiger <laughs> Ali sing match. How about that? How about that? Oh, Al, I would Al, have rather you. I would have rather had a 2018 Roman Reigns match. Wow, that's saying than something. This. That's saying and something. 2018, or am I thinking like 2019, 20? One I, of those. I think you want to go 19 or 20. Yeah. Anyways, uh, which now finally brings us to our main event. Uh, for the Universal WWE Championship, Roman Reigns defending against Kevin Owens. Yes, my tribal chief. Oh, my shmooly, 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 shmooly. Was this a journey or what? Oh, this was. This was This was just incredible. Incredible. Um, first of all, I want to just give a big shout out for um, the, the person who, who bought tickets, knew exactly where they were in the arena, and made a tribal queef sign <laughs> that was right on the entrance uh, ramp and right behind Roman Reigns as they were making their entrance. Oh, gosh. Chef's kiss. I mean, shoot your shot, player. Shoot your shot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my. That is the M- that He's the real MVP of this entire yeah. night. Because I great. saw that and I started giggling uncontrollably. <laughs> I reverted to like fourth grade again. It was it was it was everything I could have ever dreamed of. Yeah. Um, but you and I both with because uh, I wrote this down and and you and you texted it to me like within 30 seconds of me finishing the note like this was a legit big fight feel. Yeah. Period. The end. Like oh, this yeah. felt like this felt like Tyson. This yeah. felt like when you I, what I imagined a, a Muhammad Ali fight like like Hogan Andre, like whatever, whatever metric you want. This felt like a big fight. It felt serious like there. It, it just had that aura. And that's so hard to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, especially when you think about like now, they of course they list off like all the because they had ten minutes to do it as Roman Reigns, you know, meandered his way to the room mm. uh, to the ring, but they go through like. You know, Roman Reigns, the only people who have had the title longer are Hulk Hogan. And then immediately after Hulk Hogan, it's all guys from like the 70s and the 60s and the 50s. Yeah, and P- P- Pedro Morales from the 70s, Bruno Sammartino. Yep. yep. From uh, Bob Backlund. Yeah. And, and yep. Hogan. Hogan's the last one. And it's like, yeah, this is something that hasn't happened. But the thing is, like when those guys had title defenses mm-hmm. or like when Hogan was on TV or a pay-per-view, you weren't seeing title defenses all the time. You knew the title wasn't going to change. Yeah, yeah. Now we live in an era where the titles can change mm-hmm. on a Raw, on a SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and the fact that he's held it this long, and that you can have a big fight feel when these, you know, the big matchups can happen all the time because of the amount of TV shows and the, the amount of pay per views and everything. Yeah, the fact that you accomplish that in this era is a huge deal yeah i think yeah um, and and it's part of what just blew me away it kind of took my it kind of took my breath away because i'm like oh my gosh they're pulling me in yeah <laughs> like oh, damn yeah. you yeah they're, they're they're really leaning on 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 the historical nature of what he's doing and uh um yeah i i the the entrance was was incredible i i you know there wasn't anything special to it but just there, there was a gravity to the whole thing that, that mm-hmm. you just kind of felt and i think it was a nice touch to just have it be Heyman and Zane to accompany him. So you didn't have Shmooley and uh Shmooley and, and and the wise man. And yeah. no solo, no Jay, no Jimmy. Um and uh what I thought was interesting and, and I don't know if I just missed it on you know, because I like you were talking through like some of the in-between stuff I just kind of ignored. But there 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 really wasn't any sort of in-between you know, kind of like what they do on SmackDown or Raw, where where there was interaction between you know the 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 principles of all this. You know, there wasn't any mm-hmm. Sammy Heyman interaction, or we nope. we didn't know what was going to happen. We just knew from the trial there on, was there was no backstage segments no, in the show, none, and so which just, was refreshing. We just knew from Raw that Reigns commanded Zane to not he didn't want to see him until Saturday, and that was it. And then he said something about there'd be a final test and. That was and it. He did show up on SmackDown, though. Oh yeah, sorry. I I don't want. I, I didn't watch it, so I I just happened to catch like the very end. Yeah, yeah. Because I was I I forget what we were doing, but so it was like yeah. So I mean, I thought it was a nice touch. Just just you know having to be kind of you know kind of a smaller group, and then you know Heyman is just uh, you and I were texting back and forth. Just just. Heyman doesn't have to say anything these days. It's mm-hmm. all in his face. It's all in in what he does with those belts. It's it's the way he just plays off of Reigns and reacts. And oh my gosh, it was just well, he, he's, he's gone genius. from the advocate to like a true believer. Yeah. Like yeah, like the bloodline is is part cult. Yes, part wrestling yeah. faction, part you know, like corporation. It it is this very weird thing. And Paul Heyman has managed to morph into this guy who like when you talk about the wise man, like he is, he's like the shaman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's beyond being an advisor and an advocate. It's like, he is this almost mythic character within this group. And it's, yeah. it's very interesting to see Paul Heyman do that. And you can tell like, he's just enjoying the hell out of this. Cause oh, like, yeah. I really don't have any responsibilities here. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's great. But, uh, but yeah. And then the match itself was just, you know, great back and forth action. Um, you know, I now, have a note. I wanted to ask you one question. I'm sorry, before I, cause I, 
because I, I will forget this. I believe, and you can correct me on this because you are the detail man in this operation, that was the first legit lockup we got all night. Oh, um, yeah, I think you might be right. Everything else was punch kick or just dive into each other or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That started off with a traditional wrestling match lockup. And I, I remember noting it because I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I almost in a way wonder if it's, you know, because there's sometimes when, you know, they're producing these matches, like, okay, you can't do that finish because they're doing that finish. You can't right. do this, can't do that. I wonder if it was almost like, oh, no, no one else starts with a lockup because this is going to be like a legit old school kind of main event feel. Yeah. Yeah. It did it for me because as soon as that happened, I was, it, it, it struck me because I'm like, I don't think anybody's done that all night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, actually, I, I think you're this right. is a match. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, no. I, I, yeah. I think, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I don't have a note on that and, and, you know, I wasn't really paying attention to that closely, but I, now that you say it, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. You had a note. No, on I, I, I just else. had a note about, you know, early in the match, just, you know, how good of a cocky heel reigns is now, mm. you know, like, like just, you know, doing things and talking smack and, you know, just kind of parading around the ring, not, not in a flair kind of way, but just, it's almost a cross between, well, you know, the lion, you know, kind of, you know, uh, parading around his prey, but also just, you know, just this idea, like, I'm just so much better than you, you know, like, yeah. like I, I've got you, you know, and I can see some of the flair DNA in there though. Like well, in just I, sort of the way just, he almost, just not the over the top though. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no, like it's, it's not, not no. over the top. It's just, it's very focused and it's very, uh, deliberate. You know, yeah. and, and the way he talks to his opponent, the yes. way he'll even like talk to the to the ringside fans. Yes. There's a little bit of flair in there. Like that's it that at least that kind of reminds me a little bit of flair. Yeah. Yeah. Um God, the frog splash on the concrete. I'm like, oh I don't geez. know how you do that and and someone's not hurting. <laughs> So, oh, like the commentators even had to refer to it like, oh, yeah, he caught a little bit of his knee or his arm or oh. something. I'm like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. There's no give. No. Like, those mats are not that much. Both, of both a, the giver and the receiver were, were probably hurting after that one. Everybody loses. Uh, yeah. But I no. thought it was great that the, that the match actually had a good mixture of, you know, punch kick. Yeah. Because that's just so much of of wrestling these days, but there was a lot of like legit moves. And that mm-hmm. is not the case with a lot of Roman Reigns matches. Cause yeah. he really has like what Superman punch, yep. uh, spear. And then he, there's that submission that he was doing for a while, the guillotine that, the guillotine that you just pass, yep. basically just fall yep. on him and that would break it. But no one ever does that, but he, he doesn't have a, a big move set. Yeah. And working with Owens, like Owens was really dragging some of those moves out and, and, mm. and turning it into more of a wrestling match rather than just two guys like fake punching each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I appreciated that. Like that to me, it elevated again. It like it gave a big match feel like there's stuff going on. Right. It, it, I, I, I can't say enough about this match. It was overall, it just it hit all the notes. It I don't did. know what else it you did. would want. Yeah. I mean, I mean, aside from it's granted, it's not like uh, it's not, you know, flare steamboat, you know, savage steamboat, uh, anyone and steamboat, um, you know, or, or whatever your, you know, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michael versus it's not one of those technical masterpieces. 
but they did what they had to do with the and and to progress the story. Like it yeah. was pitch perfect for these two participants and the story surrounding it. I yeah. think. And and like, I I threw a note in here just how much more the match was enhanced by the story. You know, just just the little details of of you know Sammy being there and and you know just just what was going on the the emotion that was you know playing out. Um, I I did have a note too on. It looked like there was a botch. Um, uh, Owens botched. Um, I, I oh, think yeah, a sequence those. from from the top rope, but yep. but was a real pro in the way he handled it. And then he reset, and they went and did it again, and and mm-hmm. and then got it got it pulled off. Um, you know, they they very clearly established Kevin Owens had Reigns dead to rights, and you know, once again, circumstances played out in such a way that you know Reigns Reigns survives because uh, you know the ref was knocked out. Um, and then we get to Sammy in the chair. Well, Surely, we not to, over there. Before we get to that, can we just talk just a little bit about how how there wasn't eighteen stunners? Yes, this match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Save the stunner for that one spot. Yeah, and and they did. And granted, they they did the Superman punch like twice, and and Roman did like ten spears. But that's of course it's because he doesn't do a whole lot else. Yeah, which I'm I'm not gonna. I've gone from the point of like like a genetic level hatred of Roman Reigns' characters. Now it's just like, well, he doesn't have to because mm-hmm. of that's who the character is. Like they find, I don't know if they managed to turn the character to fit what he can do, or if it just all happenstance came together, or whatever. But I just know that I don't, I I don't like dislike this guy on the DNA level anymore, which mm. is remarkable for me. It is, but but they. Growth. But they they even though he hit a lot of what would normally be his finishers, it kind of played into the entire story of the match. It wasn't like they were kicking out of each other's finishers. It was really Roman hitting a lot of his big moves and and, and Owens kicking out. Yeah. Yeah. And then Romans then Reigns having to go that next level of viciousness mm-hmm. in order to finish him that ended up being the story. And then and then Owens really getting that the stunner protected and hitting that one. And, and, and when he did, because nothing had happened, there had been no real shenanigans, no run-ins, no this, no that. Yeah. I was, I, I legit thought that was the finish. Yeah. When he hit the stunner, I was like, that's it. That's it. You know? Cause I mean, when the ref bump happened, that wasn't the stunner. Right. Like right. the stunner came afterwards is no, when the ref he, finally he, came to his senses. And it was, it was crazy that the fact that that wasn't the finish to me. Yeah, he. I, I think he did the pop up power bomb, which yes. has been another, you know, one of Owen's finishers. So that that was, that was why that I think you know was was a believable segment in terms of of him having him dead to rights, you know, sort yeah, of. Thing. Which give give Reigns. I mean, because actually Reigns did the the, the sit out power bomb, and yeah. and yeah. Owen's did the pop up power bomb. Give credit both of those guys on both of those moves because mm-hmm. Reigns got some height yeah. <laughs> jumping up there to help Owens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I mean. I don't care how how strong you are. Roman Reigns is a very large human being. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a little dude. And he, big assist there. Almost the same, going back to the women's rumble of, um, uh, what's her, I can't remember her first name again, Perez. Um, Roxanne. Roxanne Perez, when she did that move with Rhea Ripley and like literally like floated around mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley like Three times, like three orbits. Oh yeah, like she was gonna kind of do like a hurricane rana, but then continue to like yeah, oh, yeah, sir, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like huge credit to her, but also to yeah. Ripley to like make sure like that she doesn't go flying off into the third row. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, 
credit to, to both participants for making each other look like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, you're right. Pop up power bomb, uh, you know, with a ref bump and all that and done so well. So well, because then Owens realizing what's going on and looking at the ref and getting that moment of him just being like, crap. Yeah. You know, yeah. then leading, of course, to, you know, Shmuley get the get the chair. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which was almost like it start, started turning into a Benny Hill piece. Oh, my at gosh. One point when he's, he's looking everywhere but where the chairs are until Heyman's like, Shmuley, 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 over here. <laughs> Under the ring, <laughs> which was priceless. Uh, Again, Paul Heyman in fifth gear this whole match. You oh could yeah. hear him. You could tell he knew there were microphones at rings, more microphones than usual, mm-hmm. and that he was going to get picked up because he was he was just living it up. Oh, yeah. he was going for it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, he was like Nick Nick Cage doing a movie once he was out of his alimony payments. He was oh. like, ah, now I'm really going to go for things. Yeah. Um, um, oh, geez. You know, and, and I'm trying to remember, I think this was still during the match, but just, you know, toward the end when, when rain starts getting super vicious mm. and I, I honestly don't, I, I try to watch, I, I watched it back again. I'm trying to see like how Owens can take that, you know, the, the shot to the stairs where he's just yeah. throwing backwards. And I'm just the like, the only thing I could come moly. up with is he, it, it, so he had his wrists wrapped, hand wrapped. Yeah. And he did get that hand back there. I'm wondering if he managed to get some padding in there yeah. without it being too much and managed to, and like protecting his head. Well, I was but even to so, his back too, like, like he was taking it on the shoulders and back mostly. Oh but, yeah. But that's still uh, the, the way they did it. Like so quickly, you know, it oh, just, yeah. you're like, holy moly. And, and the thing was, again, this crowd so good to get a mirror on your own emotions. The crowd got quiet and not like, bored quiet yeah yeah like quiet quiet like oh what's going on here yeah you know because the crowd was was quiet at the beginning of the match and they built this thing and they pulled everybody in yeah by the end the crowd was was raucous oh yeah especially when they thought owens got the pin yep yep and and then when when roman started getting that extra viciousness crowd got real quiet mm-hmm. like spooky kind of quiet mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my gosh they have they've got everybody eating out of the palm of their freaking hands mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah and and of course that hesitation by by shmuley by sammy's sammy zane who was getting the sammy uso chance at the beginning and kevin owens literally like taunting roman with it like they're not chanting for you <laughs> <laughs> damn that was funny that was funny. Um, but yeah and then all the way to the end of this thing man mm-hmm. it was it, it was it was crazy yeah it was and, and absolute crazy i i love the fact that afterwards that cole mcafee and graves just shut up through through the whole ending you know and when, when oh they, yeah when they were of course the beat uh, down on him cole did try and get in um a little it was a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a, a shout out to um to jr with a with a hell in a cell match you know somebody stopped the damn match call where he yeah. was he was saying to the ref ref you know pat or whatever like stop the damn match yeah yeah 
you know yeah trying to sell you know yeah just just the vicious violence that reigns was putting down on him yeah 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 no. and you and you said even before like you know it's too bad the match didn't go longer i think the match went as exactly long as it needed to because mm. then there was all that storytelling at the end that is to that's me, why was i came like, around on it yeah be, because yeah. There, there was like probably i mean that probably had to be at least five to ten minutes worth of no not even oh, five it's probably seven, seven to ten minutes worth of action yeah that followed um and not not even action like so much of that was slow mm. real well, I, well, slow I mean, and it's like the beat down i mean there, there was there well, no. was a lot to there, there was a lot that went into the beat down and then you had Heyman oh. who pulled the handcuffs oh. out oh yeah no no and believe me i'm not i'm not slagging on it i'm just saying like it was it was a slow build like it was literally mm. it it made me the first thing that came up was bsg mm. like all when ron moore talked about we hang on those characters for we'll cut action yeah shorter to hang on a character for longer for those character moments and that's what that was like even like when sammy got the chair Mm -hmm. and you could you could feel the crowd just like he's gonna do it and roman turned his back for the first time in a traditional setting Mm. that's when the chair shot happens yeah they didn't and i wonder i wonder if that's where it was intended to be mm-hmm. and sammy made the call there i'm not going to do it now i'm going to let it go yeah. i'm going to fake cry yeah i'm going to take this up even more yeah it, because they they did they that dragged on and i'm not saying dragging a negative like that took a long time and so that when he finally did hit that chair shot dude that pop I don't. I haven't heard anything like that, like a legit pop like that, almost since like back when we used to watch Austin mm. and Rock and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that was a legit emotional, just exclamation point. And it was. It gave me chills when it happened. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, when when we were talking about the the women's title match and I, and, the, and the comparison I was making to the men's. I mean, this this is where. You know this. This story is just a, just at, at a complete next level from from anything else they have going on. I mean, it is just so oh, totally. well done. They, they have, and anything they have, they've had going going on in years. Yeah, and 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 they 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 have, you know, they they've invested a lot into in, into it. They've invested a lot in, you know, playing and riffing with. I think you know, like you said, like Heyman, you know, Sammy, the the way things have, you know kind of clicked with with the you know five six seven of them i I forget how many of them there are um the 18 members of the blood yes yes and and so it it was it was just such a great build-up where yeah his his this guy that he's traveled the roads with is just hanging there and reigns basically puts you know the you know tells him to pull the trigger it's it's you know it's on you well and the best part is the best part of this, and this is, I, I man, I I don't know how much of this is Sami Zayn. I might be giving him way more credit than he deserves, but the I, but the way he hooked the rest arm at War Games, it's just something you don't see as a way to stop a pin, you know, a, pin, a, a three count, and then the way that he stopped Roman, where it wasn't like, no, you can't do this to my buddy. Is like, you don't have to do this. It's beneath you. Like he's still right. trying to be Roman's buddy. Right. Right. And save and save, you know, Owens like he's trying to have it both ways. Yeah. Like you could he is still struggling so much. And I just love that because it wasn't just this pure like good guy like, no, you shan't. He's like, no, no, no. It's OK. You don't have to. You don't have to. It's OK. Yeah. 
Like yeah. he's still trying to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah. Like, you know, like and he, I'm a big he, fan of that. He kept saying this is beneath you. And then that's when he hands, yeah. you know, the, the chair over to him. And then, and yeah, I mean, like, like you said, there's just this long pause and, and the crowd's waiting to see what he's going to do because they, they saw him, you know, basically go against Owens, you know, at, at Survivor Series. So it's not out of the mm-hmm. realm of possibility that he pulls the trigger and, and whacks his friend. Oh, um, and even even the fact that, like, he, when Owens is on the outside and he's, like, he finally has to say, like, the dude is, like, right there, like, trying to literally, like, reach for him. Like, help me or help me up or something. He's, like, just stay down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. Everything about this and the way that Sami Zayn, oh, I, damn, dude, come on. Well, and, 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 then, when Owens, oh, so and then Owens grabs his leg and, and, yeah. and, and Zane puts his hands up. He wants Roman to see, I'm not helping him. I'm just, yep. he, this is him, not me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, oh, it was so crazy. Like I, they did, they pulled me in. The, they, the, they, the, uh, the cynical mid forties <laughs> wrestling fan who knows how the sausage is made and damn it, you got me. Yep. And then I was fully emotionally invested. And then when he swings that chair and, and cracks reins in the back and the, mm. you hear, yeah, I mean that that was fifty one thousand people along with everyone at home watching, all reacting to what they've been wanting to see this character do for so long, where where Reigns is is just so clearly in the wrong with what he's doing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the way he's trying to manipulate Zane and so forth. And this is what everyone's been waiting to see. They they've been waiting to see Sammy just say enough. And then after that it's not just done there. He turns around and he looks right at Jay and he's just mm. apologizing. Yes. And, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. like there's really a bond there between the two of them. Like this isn't just Zane, you know, throwing, you know, everything to the wind because he he's, he's standing by Owens. Now he looks at, he looks directly at Jay and he throws the chair, chair down and just is like, I'm sorry. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy just broadsides him, solo goes at him. I mean, it was just, and, and then yeah. he's just getting, getting the beat down and then Jay leaves. Yes. Which, oh my gosh. So much levels to this. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like, it, it, it's gorgeous storytelling. And this is why I've, I'm like, this can be, it's, it's a, just a different form of storytelling and it can have all of the, the layers of other types of entertainment. Yeah. And you just need someone who has more of a more than a fifth grade sense of humor mm-hmm. booking this stuff. Yeah. Go figure, you know. But yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. But, when Jay rolled out like that, that is like that was almost it was like it kept on topping itself because you're like, oh, my gosh, what could what else could happen? It's like, OK, now now an actual member of the family. Right. He's right. not punching anybody. He's just leaving, which is more than anybody would have dared to do. And Reigns is not happy by that. And and to be honest, what's beautiful about that is that it's not just a a call out or a reference to this, you know, supposed bond between, you know, Jay and Sammy. But this goes back to the forming of the bloodline when mm-hmm. Jay was the one who, you know, Jimmy was the first one to go in with Roman. Jay had to get beaten down a few times by Roman before Jay accepted his, his, his place within the bloodline. Mm. Reigns had to beat that into him. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what I mean. And, and you said it as well, but there, there's just so many levels to this because Jay didn't walk out just because of what happened with Sammy, but now it, it could be calling back full circle three years ago yeah. when he went against the tribal chief several times got beaten every single time and then finally accepted his place. And now he's, now he's having second thoughts again. 
I completely forgot about that. Good callback. Yeah. Good callback. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this 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 story is just amazing and is probably one of the one of the best that they've done in a really long time. And and Sami Zayn, you know, we talk a lot about him and he gets a lot of credit for it. I mean, all, all of the players involved have, have done a remarkable job with this. They've, they've played their roles well. They have shown the emotion that needs to be shown. But Sammy just... He and and I, I watched the Stone Cold podcast, not podcast, the Stone Cold show with with Sami Zayn, and just how attuned he is to those details. Like he he is the kind of guy that looks for the you know whether it's facials or body language or whatever, he's looking for those ways to connect with the crowd. And what I'm hoping to see is as time goes forward, is that we're going to end up seeing you know this payoff in him potentially getting a title shot at WrestleMania, where Reigns. Reigns wants to, you know, publicly humiliate him or, 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 you know, beat him down and put him back into his place. And mm. what's going to end up happening is Reigns is going to lose everything because he's, he's trying to assert, he feels things slipping away. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, this is where this is all coming from. All this stuff with Sammy was he was feeling things slipping away. Sammy's getting the chance. Sammy, he's becoming jealous of Sammy. And now, it's all going to fall apart. And, and so I, I just think they've just done a, a, just a, just a beautiful job with this story. Indeed. Uh, now, of course, the loaded question, what's your rating? Well, originally I went four and three quarters because I thought the match was a little shorter than it could have been. But then today, as I thought through it some more, when you factor in what happened after and the payoff and everything, how, if you look at the body of work from the entrance all the way to that very end point, um, it's five stars. It, it was, it, it was about as perfect a match as, as you could put together based on the story that was going on. And just as based on what you and I have just said, I think every, they hit all the right notes and the reaction from the crowd more than bears that out. Yeah, I would agree. Five stars. It, it was exactly what, it, again, you can't judge all of this in some sort of vacuum or, or, oh, well, it wasn't, you know, again, Savage Steamboat from WrestleMania three yeah. or, or whatever you hold up as the greatest wrestling match of all time. And nothing shall be considered a five star besides that for what you were trying to do with the story, with the participants involved. It was perfect. Yeah. Yep. You, Absolutely you rang perfect. all the bells, you hit all the notes. There was the only thing I could, the only nits I could pick out of this is the one botch spot, which was handled extremely professionally, like yeah. you said. Yeah. And the fact that uh, that uh, Ko's headbutts looked really fake and weak. Mm. That was it. But then again, I mean, whose whose headbutts really do look good? Yeah. Really. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that. That's it. So yeah, it's about as it's about as perfect of a main event that uh, in the story you're trying to tell that you could want. Yeah. You, you did everything you you could want and now you've you, you haven't blown off anything mm-hmm. you've just turned the heat up oh yeah and, and now instead of one what's in the next step yeah instead of one pot boiling now you got like three yep yeah <laughs> i mean absolutely what else do you want i yeah, mean absolutely geez. oh man what a it was a it was a well done show i mean oh my gosh i it felt like it was not going to get over till about two in the morning um <laughs> But much, still, much like this show. <laughs> I I wasn't going to say that, but yes. Thank you. But well done. Well oh, done, WWE. And, yes. and hopefully uh, this is, doesn't mean this is the end of 
things and that Vince will take over everything and it'll all go back to being crappy. Yeah. Hopefully not. And another thing. So what do you got for in another thing this show, sir? Uh, well, in, in some of my uh, lunchtime rewatch that I do here and there, um, I decided to crack open an oldie but a goodie from, uh, mm. I think it was from 2004, 2005, uh, from uh, the WWE archives, a documentary uh, done by WWE called The Rise and Fall of ECW. Uh, Excellent talk. Excellent. No one less than the wise man. Before he was the wise man, before he was the advocate, before all of that, he was, as Bubba Ray Dudley called him, a diabolical evil genius known as Paul Heyman, who uh, created in the 90s uh, this this amazing, uh, ultra-violent, but just um, really groundbreaking and really what push WWE and WCW to change a lot of things that they were doing. Mm. Um called ECW. And so it, it is, it basically, uh, walks through the journey that, uh, Heyman and the wrestlers who became, um, legends through, through their work there, um, how it all came to be and how, how much of it was a grassroots sort of thing and, and the growth they went through and then ultimately how they kind of hit a wall and, mm-hmm. uh, and it just couldn't grow anymore. And, and it, it ended up, uh, unfortunately shutting down, uh, around 2000, 2001. Um, uh, interestingly, the same year WCW did, it was, it was very odd with the wrestling industry that year. You know, you, you, you hit, you went from three companies to one and, mm. uh, uh, and it was, it was, so it, it, basically, you know, chronicles all of that. And, and Paul Heyman is just, as always, just an amazing storyteller. And you have all the originals giving their, you know, kind of perspective and viewpoint. And, you know, you get to understand how a lot of these, you, you know, I love what Heyman says, like, you know, the, the whole, the whole purpose of ECW or, or, or one of their mantras was, was to hide, you know, really hide the, the, you know, the negatives of, of the performers mm. and accentuate the positives and, and really, um, from doing that, they created a product that, that was very unique. And, and like I said, really set the, the tone in the nineties for where wrestling was going to go. And, uh, and WWE and WCW really, you know, in, in a lot of ways adopted those, you know, um, elements. So, uh, so yeah, so on the Peacock, uh, if you have it, check it out, the rise and fall of ECW. And I will second this one because I've watched this now several times. Uh, the first few times were on YouTube mm. back before the WWE Network and and the Peacock was a thing. And I I was too damn cheap to buy a DVD. And I <laughs> I found it in various parts on, on YouTube. Yeah. And, uh, and then I've watched it at least once on Peacock. Uh, well done documentary, mostly because it, it shows the warts. And I give a lot of mm-hmm. credit to Paul Heyman for being willing to, yeah, just, yeah, go ahead and tell it all, tell it all. And, and, and willing to have people basically say like, yeah, he, and Paul lied to me or, or this happened or this happened and this happened. And, you know, and Paul essentially being like, yeah, and I did that and I did it all so that the company could stay, yeah. you know, I did a lot of things I didn't like myself for mm-hmm. so that the company would be oh, there the next day. Right. Right. And you kind of like, it gets that you, it may, he makes you understand why. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Uh, but yeah, fantastic documentary and, and, and a wonderful story. Um, and just try and forget that ECW then came back as a third. <laughs> brand for a while <laughs> and that i think what uh, was big show the final ecw champion do we even want to sadly talk about yeah, i think so <sighs> well 
thank you, Paul. <laughs> That's just terrible. Um, so my end, another thing, uh, was uh, is fighting with my family. I'm a few years late on this, obviously, uh, but this is the WWE Studios uh, slash Dwayne Johnson produced uh, story of the uh, ladies wrestler Paige. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Who, who came into the WWE back in the Divas era um, and found her way from uh, from England as a part of a wrestling family into the WWE and all this um, fun flick. Uh, you know, we we I've, I saw this somewhere the other night and we were trying to find movies for the family. And mm-hmm. I this came up as a preview. And surprisingly, my wife, who is staunchly anti wrestling, mm-hmm. Uh, was like I'd watch that. I'm like, S- you what? <laughs> and she's like, well, The Rock's in it. I I like him as an actor. I'm like, okay. And I've, I'm thinking to myself, I think he's in about ten minutes total of the movie. Yeah. But sure, whatever. Flo flows in it, so whatever. Um, our, our friend of the show, Florence Pugh, um, mm. and uh, it was it was a good fun movie to watch. It was it was. It was good, and I'd I'd seen it for a couple the past couple of years. I can't remember what year it came out, uh, but it was it was a fun watch, fun watch of the family, inspiring. Um, it got the wife crying at one point, so I mean, you know, it's got to be good. Tugged on the old heartstrings, mm. uh, and yeah, just a good old fashioned feel good movie. And it actually, and the funny thing is, it actually had my wife researching Paige afterwards. Oh, I'm nice. like, are are you looking up wrestlers? <laughs> She's like, yes, I am. Like, oh okay. my gosh! Which is funny because we've I, I watched uh, the the uh, becoming Ric Flair. Whatever is it? Woo! Yeah, yeah. I started watching Ric that Flair. today. That that one sucks you in too. Jeez, I'm... I watched like the first half of that, and then I start I I then started re watching the uh, the end part. Mm. And my wife happened to be around, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you're gonna watch that wrestling thing!" And then she got sucked into it. Yeah. Yeah. In the second half of it. Yeah. And so when I talked about the Royal Rumble, she's like, well, was Ric Flair there? I'm like, that's the one wrestler you know besides Dwayne Johnson right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is two more than I ever thought you would know. Oh, that's funny. Um, but no, Ric Flair was not the Royal Rumble. Yes. Uh, but yes, we're fighting with my family. Uh, fun flick to watch if you're you're looking for a, a good wrestling flick with the family. Nice. Very nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, now entered hour seven of this show uh, that was intended to be like an hour and a half. Thank you for sticking around. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, thank you uh, to all the members of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation for, uh, you know, stuffing the offering box in the, the offering plate. Uh, make sure that sucker makes it around to the ushers and uh, don't start making change. We can tell. Um, but if you have not subscribed, uh, what the hell's wrong with you? You can go to freerangeidiocy.com. You can find all of our episodes there. You can download them all there. or You can subscribe to the Podbean app you can also find us on podcast purveyors of note around the world we are on uh, apple Podcasts. we are on pandora we are on i think we're on whatever amazon does alexa whatever you know say alexa play free range edc and tell the fbi that i'm watching that i'm listening to free range edc um <laughs> we're also on google podcasts uh, all kinds of spotify all kinds of podcasts go ahead and search for us you'll find us probably and if not uh you know well tough find a better way to listen to podcasts mm-hmm. uh we are also on the social medias you can find us on facebook we are on youtube we are on instagram all of those are at free range idiocy we used to be on twitter f twitter and f uh, the mollusk um we're if you have any questions thoughts concerns you can find us on the emails you send an email to tim at free with any suggestions questions thoughts on the show and you know what you might end up you just might end up 
having your name mentioned on the interwebs. And isn't that just special? Indeed. I mean, not really, because anybody can post anything on the internet now. But still, if it makes you feel special, we are more than happy to try and, you know, trying to help spread you the joy. Ch- exactly. Spread the special. Uh, yeah. And don't spread the Rona. That's what we're trying. <laughs> um, I'm actually masked during this show, um, right. mostly because my wife just comes in and goes, oh, God. Um, but uh, I'm the only person wearing a K95 mask over my eyes. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Lord, but now we're going to turn this show over to the, the pitch black match <laughs> to the less Corona addled and less idiotic show oh. idiot who runs this show. Uh, but not before I ask the second most important question in all of human history. The first, of course, being what is hip. The second being the hell did we learn this show? We've learned the following. Ah, uh, uh, good. We've learned uh, that uh, Uncle Todd, the man they call Tim, uh, can talk ad nauseum about wrestling for uh, quite some time. And, and uh, then post-nauseum as well. And post-nauseum as well. Tim actually did have to take a puke break. I did. I did. It's that, it's that bacon jelly oh, from dinner. Uh, bacon jam. Bacon jam. Bacon right jam. <laughs> it's not jelly. Not, don't call it jelly, well, you heathen. We, we have also learned, speaking of which, the man they call Tim's heart is in fine working order, even though it may be pumping uh, Hellsman through uh, all, all throughout. Hells- Helmsman. Oh, Helmsman. No, uh, whatever. Uh, Hellman's. I <laughs> Helmsman. That, no, that was that was Wesley Crusher. It's, it's like Grandpa Simpson. The Hellfish, <laughs> Bonanza, <laughs> or whatever they were called. Tartar sauce. Oh God. Anyways, uh, well, we've learned men they call Tim's heart maybe in fine working order, but uh, Uncle Todd. His brain, has, not so much. His, but, yeah, his brain, not so much. And Uncle Todd has put the Rona in the camel clutch, so uh, he is he is uh, in fine working order and uh, make you humble. We're thankful that he he has made it humble. So um, we have also learned uh, within the last five minutes that apparently he is uh, un- Uncle Todd's creating his own pitch black match by wearing his K95 mask over his uh, eyes. Apparently, so. We'll Mostly see how just that... so my, mostly so my wife doesn't have to look at me. That's all. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh wow! Did we just take a wrong turn? We turned a corner, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I apologize. We also learned that even though Uncle Todd may try to put up guardrails to keep our uh, discussion on track and focused, we will find a way to run amok and beyond said rails. So, oh yeah, time and I'll... time and time again. Much like Ron White, oh. I'll run. I'll run amok. I'll, I'll run the. I'll run the chuck out of a muck, Indeed. man. Indeed. And finally, last thing we have learned, uh, and and if you have not seen, uh, do 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 catch up on on. Do drop. Well, do drop news no longer. <laughs> uh, but most importantly, uh, check out the Bloodline storyline from WWE. They they have done as Uncle Todd and I have talked for the last two hours and forty five minutes. Uh, just a phenomenal job, and, and it is a great bit of storytelling. If you are a wrestling fan of any kind uh, and have not seen this, uh, do, do check it out from the beginning. Uh, check out the Peacock. See what you can see from it. Check YouTube and get caught up on the Sami Zayn storyline. But just just an amazing climax to it, and we're looking forward to see where it goes next. All that yes. being said, uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. Don't wear the KN95 on the eyes, please. Uncle Todd is going to stumble. <laughs> he will fall on his way out of the recording studio. But nonetheless, uh, as we like to close things out, 
in order for us to function and continue to work, uh, we need to make sure that the uh, lights are turned off. So if you could please hit the lights on the way out. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Damn! <laughs> You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. I really feel like between the the raccoon role playing at the beginning of the show and the pitch black comment at the end, I've shared a lot more than I really need to with strangers on the internet. I, did, I, I, I should have mentioned I that. Will, the, uh, I want the, to apologize to everybody right now. The, the, raccoon, for that. the raccoon role playing was was quite 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 the corner we turned there. You know, I mean, I'm not here to kink shame. I'm just just trying to share. That's all. Oh, my goodness. Now get the hell out of here!